Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Unpack That. This is episode 46. Um, we had a brief hiatus, had the holidays, um, and just oh. like stuff happening. And <laughs> mostly we also took a hiatus because if you've been listening, we reached a very pivotal uh, part of the manga. But yes, welcome back. <laughs> I'm Cheval. I'm here with my best friend and co-host, Cal. And yeah, we're going to talk about more Berserk today. We have three chapters to get through today. Um, mostly just kind of resetting things, getting back to where we need to be. We'll do a little explanation. There's a really big chapter next episode, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. It, we got it. We got to like you know get warmed up. We got to get all back shit. into it. It's been yeah. it's been like a month at least. It's been a while, probably it's longer. While. Actually, yeah, I chopped cause... an episode up for y'all, so I hope that was good. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been a. It's been a hot minute. We've we've been we also haven't. I don't know. We actually spent like an hour before this just talking because we need to catch yeah. up. But we've also just been super busy with you know, family work, mostly work, family, mostly work <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I have barely been playing fighting games. I feel like I. Oh God, I have like not touched. Yeah. Any because like I'm in a bad mood too when I get home or I'm tired and I'm like I know if I touch this I'm gonna be like. Dude, yeah. So mad by the end of it. Like, how to make uh, yourself mad? Get off work and then go into ranked mode. Like, no. It's... <laughs> go hit the tower go. up right after you get off work. Oh my god. <laughs> go, go battle Arxis's, um network for like an hour and then maybe play oh two god. games. No, um, M- M- MK1 is at least that's the one I've been able to like consistently play. Um, that's good. It, and it's funny because um, people quit a lot online on MK. Um, they get very upset. I've had people, um, especially because I don't know. There's a lot of to the meta of MK1, and if you're using a top tier and you start losing, there's a higher chance that you'll just quit. Apparently, so oh, um, okay. Yeah. Um, also, MK players are stupid, but no. I, and I'm, I'm I've been an MK player for like a decade. They're really dumb. But um, sounds no, right. It's it's been it's been mostly that, and mostly um, God of War DLC and 100%ing the game. I oh yeah. Did that. I haven't touched I, um, the DLC yet, but we did finish God of War finally, which I was yeah. very happy about. I was very glad to hear that. I um, highly recommend doing all the side stuff afterwards. There's a lot more story and stuff, obviously. Yeah. But Valhalla, too, has a lot of story. Um, 
it's it's literally a roguelite mode for the game, mm-hmm. like which is really cool. But it's also not like it's not so long that it'll take you like months to beat it, right? Like you can beat it like okay. a week. Like especially if you scale the difficulty to whatever fits your play style, like because what it requires you to use like beat it, it's like a regular rogue like you gotta beat it, like three or four times to get like the full story okay. and effect but um and it develops you know it adds more floors adds more options stuff like that it's really good it kind of like you get to actually kind of mess with the combat aspect of the game a lot more rather than you know just kind of like plowing through missions and stuff but the most fun part is all the cutscenes that happen in between you get more about Seagrid and uh um our boy the to- the guy the guy the headless dude who's just ahead who just talks uh so, yeah oh yeah um namir yeah mimir and sigrid uh you get to learn more about them a lot of kratos's stuff from past games like god of war one through three comes up which is really cool um yeah i don't want to spoil too much but it's cool it's really it's it's worth playing through at least cool. like the first couple cycles because you get a lot more story it's a lot more closure about kratos like it's about like his, okay like, the way his character has developed over time and how he feels about it and stuff like that more so than just like vague thoughts from him. Yeah. I feel like so, that's yeah. a good kind of goodbye since they're obviously going to shift more towards like Atreus in future yeah. games, which I like a lot, by the way, like I, I like that Kratos has kind of like had a good closing arc and a good couple of games to like settle into it. But that this was also kind of a transitional game and that yeah. kind of really reflects in like the story and everything too. Um, all the Atreus sections. Story yeah. was really good. Yeah, the story itself was really good too, and I feel like covered a lot of things very well. Yeah, I liked um, it a lot. Surprisingly well in some areas. I was like, oh, I did not expect that from a God of War game. You know, yeah, that was kind of yeah. nice <laughs> to see. Um, covers grief very, very well, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Probably one of the best portrayals of it I've seen in a while, like in a modern game. I feel like a lot of games now like talk about like grief and depression, but not a lot of them fit very well necessarily. Yeah. It's just like especially this like game a, is like sad. A game doing it well, yeah, yeah. especially a AAA game. Like I'm used to it more from like indie games, and even then, it's kind of like, yeah, we know you're sad. We're all sad. Um, yeah, yeah. Like YouTube, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if you are making an indie game about depression, but I we do kind of joke about Annapurna games in our house just because like almost every single one is about depression or grief or loss or something, and it's like this is going to be a very pretty and a very sad game, but also like sad in the same way, and it's like not that like everyone has unique experiences or whatever, but also would be nice to see a slightly different take on it which i feel like this did because you got it from a couple different people you get it from because you have kratos and then you have atreus and then you have um fucking dwarf brother stuff that happens too which was really good spoilers but yeah not really because i didn't say what but like i feel like it shows very different ways of dealing with things which i liked a lot and it wasn't like anyone yeah. is bad for it or thinking that way or processing that way it's just like it is what it is and that's you just gotta kind of yeah. let them do their thing see and that's what i like about like you know and that's the thing right that's a big theme throughout the entire game and a lot of it or like vengeance was a big theme of the first game right and like mm-hmm. this one kind of carries some of that over as well or like it's rather like revenge in this game but like right like the dark elves and the light elves thing I mm-hmm. like that when they covered that, 
they didn't do a thing where it's like, well, they're both equally wrong. It was just kind of like it is what it is thing. It's like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. like because I remember Atreus being like, well, don't the light elves know what like the dark elves did for them? And they're like, it doesn't matter. Like he's like, we can't do it. like, yeah, like that's just how it unfolded for them. And it's done better than other games I see who try to do like mm-hmm. the both sides thing, like uh, like The Last of Us, right? Like yeah, oh, I I like those games. I have something to say in a moment. <laughs> Continue. He's also he's also a Zionist, but um, yeah, I, I, I like yeah, I <laughs> I like those games, but there are parts of them that I only remember because they piss me off. Um, That's fair. And, and part of it is like the little lore notes you find that are like actually the government was just as bad as the people trying to resist the government and i'm like shut the fuck mm-hmm. up like no, and that's why like but then the, then the game has other like really good parts of its writing that have to do with the main plot but then like mm-hmm. all the lore building around it is so like milk toast it's so shitty that like yeah. it's some of it just like falls apart right it's like well i know what your view on like you know revenge is based on the other notes you've littered throughout the game mm-hmm. so obviously you wanted me to feel this about the character even though i feel like this right. so i'm like I like it, but I don't think you know why I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like I don't think this was what you intended necessarily, yeah. but I did get something out of this still. Yeah. Neil Druckmann, I think, I think, is his name, right? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. He's he's written a lot of stuff, and um, it's funny because I've known that for like a while about him, yeah. but I feel like a lot of people are just now, which obviously because of current affairs, like a lot more people are finding out that. People are Zionists that they didn't know about. I don't know how anyone didn't know Gal Gadot was a Zionist at this point, but apparently, like a lot of people what? did not know. Yeah, no, I saw like set, like an entire thread of people being like, hey, "I had no idea," and I was like, "Gal Gadot, Bro, she was on the front lines. She was like, let's she, fucking she go.' She loves to talk about that shit too. What are you talking uh, about? She defends it every um, time it comes up too. She's very yeah, proud of it, and like. A lot of people didn't know. I think it's Bella Hadid or Gigi Hadid. They're yeah, Bella, um, Palestinian yeah. and they've talked about stuff very openly and gotten banned from some things yep. recently, which like yep. honestly good for them using their platform and being so they've outspoken. Been, they've been consistent about that. Like, yeah, since always, the limelight, which I'm always like, consistent shout out to them for that at, that, um, that at the very least. <laughs> yeah, Huda Beauty is also very outspoken about being pro-Palestinian, which is pretty cool. It's interesting seeing people from like the beauty industry or like the fashion industry that I've kept up with for like years being like yeah no this is like a core part of my belief set but it's i feel like a lot of this also makes it very clear that like you can't do the um separate the art from the artist thing like it's an even more blatant example of it because like we've talked about it a lot with jk rowling we've even talked about that a lot on this show but i feel like with neil Druckmann stuff like you can really see it I haven't oh, even so played obvious. most of The Last of Us. I think I've just mainly seen like bits of it. But even the bits I've seen, I've been like, oh, okay. Like that is it's very obvious your view on it. Yeah. And yeah. like you're internalizing that, what and however you internalize it, whether it's uh to process it or just like slots into your brain, doesn't automatically make you a Zionist if you like The Last of Us or anything. But yeah, also yeah. like like, I mean, obviously, Cheval enjoyed a lot of The Last of Us, even if not all of it was his favorite. But, like, it's just, like, being conscious of what you're, cons- sorry, of what you're consuming is important. Because, like, yeah. 
people like Neil Druckmann also like contribute to the IDP and things like that. So I, that's my, that's my thing too, right? Like when I learned, cause I learned that about him, I think when I was playing last of us Two, I was reading up mm-hmm. on him and I was like, Oh, interesting. Cause it comes off very obviously in like the whole, you know, resistance versus mm-hmm. the government thing. Like they're just trying to keep the order. Like, and it's like, okay, like this is very, or like, how it feels about the characters who do like quote unquote wrong things. Right. Like it's especially cause like, I think what he was doing before that was if I'm not mistaken, he did help with uncharted as well, which is like almost not, not even in the same atmosphere. Uncharted's like a fucking action movie. Right. But like, it's just funny cause both, both of the last of us games just have these sections where it's like, this is what we think is going on as far as like equal amounts of hair on both sides. And it's like, no, like, no they like you just showed me a, you you literally just had a note where you said they like quartered off like a part of the place a part of like the city like massacred a bunch of people and mm-hmm. then now you're saying like but then they firebomb them and then i'm supposed to like give like it's literally like the, the notes are literally in the last of us Two, right yeah so like i don't know it's one of those things where like i hear last of us two always and like this is some of the best video games of all time conversations and i'm like well i like the gameplay <laughs> like i like the sneaking part where you can, like, stab dudes in the yeah. throat and, like, you know, the crafting. That's pretty cool. But, like, as far as, like, when people talk about the greatest stories, I'm like, well, there's a lot of obvious biases in there that yeah, kind of kneecap the story half the time. So, like, like you said, like, I don't know. Separate the art from the artist is so funny because I feel like nowadays people just used it to be, like, I want to like this bad person. Please leave me alone. And <laughs> you see it come up yeah. a lot with, like, Kanye West and shit like that or, like, you know elon musk mm-hmm. all that shit like that they're just like yeah i don't care about that they did things that i like and it's like <laughs> yeah okay that's very selfish but it's also not yeah. realistic as well so good job <laughs> yeah it's that always gets me when they're like well they haven't hurt i've we've been watching um this is gonna this is a very petty example but we've been watching um selling sunset still because i got yeah. sasha into it i that show is my favorite it's so it's bad. so good <laughs> it's, it's so, so bad good. um but my favorite is how like um a man there's this character character I call her a character because she kind of like has one at this point but it's Christine and she's just like the worst human being you <laughs> fucking imagine like she's just absolute trash and she's fun to watch to a point and then you're just like oh she's still going okay but like some people like stay friends with her even though like their friends have been severely hurt by her like actually <laughs> like their lives have been affected by her like amanda's like oh, oh my God. well she's like nice to me and i'm like she is a nightmare and she's gonna turn on you i feel like people act like that though where they're yeah. like well it hasn't hurt me specifically and like they're friendly to me and i'm like yeah because you're the person they want to appeal to that's the point yeah. like see that's how yep. they get you, you know. Honestly, great example. I I personally understand things better through reality TV uh, situations. You're now that, yeah, I watch a lot of reality TV. I've been cranking my way through Real Housewives in New Jersey. Um, but no, uh, which by the way, get back on New York. might be one of my favorite of the of the whole lineup. It's so oh, good. Boy. Um, oh boy. Anyway, Jesus. but no, like I, I understand that. It's like I don't know. It's um. It, it kind of leads me back to like a lot of how gamers perceive a lot of stories in general, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, or how 
gaming stories have kind of developed over time and i don't think a lot of the audience understands that because they just see video Mm -hmm. games as you know they are still like interactive things you're supposed to like have fun a lot of some games are made without stories completely so that you can just focus on the game right Mm -hmm. but like some people go into some games and it's like you know oh well i'm just gonna follow the story from a to b and it's like no some of them try to get you to think a little harder there's some like you know politics in it there's the writer's politics in it i've also discovered that i'm playing through uh the yakuza series i'm on three um oh boy what a world the mid-2000s was when this the mid-2000s was when this game came out because um yeah uh japan (laughs) yeah there's a there's a black orphan in this game and there's a plot line where one of the other orphans he lives with he has a crush on her and yeah you're never gonna guess this uh he has a crush on her and then she says um i don't want to date him because he's black and uh kiryu's like that's fucked up i should talk to her about that (laughs) and yeah it's a whole it's a whole like it's like a main mission too right because kiryu is like kiryu at this point is over an orphanage and it's so funny because i think they added this in the remaster but at the beginning of the game every time you boot it up it says this game is based in and came out in this year the opinions are from that like it's basically like those opinions are from that time like they, they're like hey here's cover on asses play the game as it is or get the fuck out we don't know we, we don't know and it's just it's just so funny because i'm like that's really funny like playing because that's the thing playing like yakuza one and two kiwami mm-hmm. they changed some stuff like they took out some um, of the gay jokes and transphobic jokes they took out some of that stuff and that's way before like, the 2020s when people think people wow. started caring about that right the wokeism like, stuff going yeah, the on woke here mind virus or whatever the fuck but like they've changed those things right so it is funny that they were like with three four and five they're like here here's the game we don't remember what's in there if you <laughs> If you if something is offensive, go ahead and tell somebody. But we ain't changed shit. We just we just put it back out. And it is what it is. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of a lot of media. It's just funny that people will like not take that into account, right? Like it's it is like this is based on their opinions around this time. So like you have to take that mm-hmm. into account. So like yeah, yeah. When you think about the Last of Us. Think about the fact that the genocide of Palestine has been happening for like a minute, right? And this game came out during a lot of the shit that was going on. Yeah. And keep that in mind when you think of any game that comes out right now or any type of media that comes out right now that's very, like, both sides-y. Right. like, actually, right. the authority with all the guns might actually be the right ones. Um, there's yeah. a movie coming out soon. I think that's, like, let's, like, called, like... I think I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking I about. It's, like, the Race so. War movie or some shit. Or yeah. Like, like, what's, <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think Neil, Neil, not Neil, um, Rick, Nick Offerman is in it or some shit like that. Oh, no, um, Nick. Let me see. It's like some apocalypse movie, but it's like a race oh, war. Boy. Oh, crazy. But like, yeah, it's Heaven. like, it's like stuff like that coming out where it's like very much based in stuff that we're doing right now. And it's like either trying to capitalize off of it or trying to like sway people's opinions one way or another. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just good to keep an eye on that stuff, especially like mainstream video games get a lot of praise because people are like we didn't know people were writing stories in video games oh my god and meanwhile like the the motherfuckers who write fa- final fantasy like flipping their laptops like we've been trying yeah. for years <laughs> i i just realized that the last of us came was probably started in development the same time arab spring was happening so that probably oh god. Uh, colored a lot of things sorry i just had that connection uh cool that's fun yeah, um <laughs> that's 
Jesus Christ in heaven. Mm, There's another. Bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Sorry, when you were talking, I was like, oh, I bet that was made during Arab Spring. And I looked and it was. And I was like, no, because it was Arab Spring was in 2011. Um, mm. And yeah, Last and of Us came out in 2013. 2013, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was probably in, it was definitely in development. Probably in the works. That. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, oh, cool. Ugh. I love that. Um, there's another work that, like, we were talking about, Druckmann, I remembered. There's this book by the guy who wrote World War Z, and he's, like, a huge Zionist, like, oh, gigantic. But okay. Oh, yeah. No, he's a huge Zionist, and um, his... Great. His son is, too. I think his son's and stuff. But he um, wrote a book called Devolution, which is, like, a bigfoot book i think or something like that a lot of people really liked it it came out in 2020 sash read it and felt fucking insane because she was (laughs) like this is so zionist like this is zionist propaganda there's literally like an idf member who like calls out like a greedy jewish person in it like Oh. there's like a whole thing like where it was like good Jew, bad Jew sort of thing and I was just like oh my god um, yeah, she and just slips under the radar all the time what the fuck is going it's on it's so blatant in it too but so many people love that book and talk about that book and it's just like why do, why do you do that because she's in it for a while and she's presented as like a good person in it and she's not she's she was in the fucking IDF I'm just like oh, oh shit like oh my god like I can't yeah I can't get over that. Oh, by the, I found the movie, by the way. Um, I was oh, not, I was, it was not called Race War. It's called Civil War. Um, not joking. I'm going Wait, to read. Sc- Screen Rant has a brief um, summary of what the movie is. Um, civil War takes place in the near future. and shows the United States entering a new civil war after, get this, California and Texas attempt to separate from the country. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. So they know they made this knowing that like I don't know like here's the thing I hear my neighbors talking about this sometimes which is like part of the reason I want to leave right but like do they not know that like there's a lot of Texans who really do think that we should like separate like it's not a joke I thought like, like people knew Texans that, that like, because like people joke about that and they're like if you want to like secede so bad do it and I'm like that's not a joke like they do genuinely they want, want to do that. Yeah, don't don't amp. Th- That's my thing, right? We're in such a fucked up like like space in this like like politically in this country. I really do think like we see something like this. And I'm like, nah, 
then Dan Patrick's going to make the shit happen or something. He's going to be like, let's get to it. Let's, the movies are already doing it before we are doing it. Yeah. And they're making it look like California's going to do it too. So let's go ahead and get on it. I, yeah, but, um, yeah, just, just watch out for shit like that. Cause why the, f- who the fuck, <laughs> who the fuck approved? What the it's fuck is wrong with A24 you? It's a fucking A24 movie. Like, it's what the hell? It's a fucking A24 movie, you motherfuckers. This is the type of shit that should have been like. Dunce is in it. That's crazy. Kristen Dunst, uh, uh, a couple Offerman. other people are in it too. Nick Offerman. That's my thing, right? Like, this is like type of movie that that would come on like the Sci-Fi Network like twenty years ago, or like uh, yeah. that, that that would come on like some Sharknado shit, or like would be released for <laughs> free sure. on on Amazon Prime, and you would just find it while browsing. Now they're giving this shit top billing, and it's rumored to be more than three hours long, apparently. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ, Dual One. Let's rock. Oh, guts. All right. We are back. But before we get into it, I'm going to very briefly cover what we did last time. I'm not going to scroll through it like I normally would nope. for the same reason that we did not uh, show any video for it last time. Uh, because it's not something we want to dwell on and it's not really something we want to have on screen the whole time. Um, but we went through like the climax of the eclipse. No pun intended um but we went through the uh, we went through the climax of the eclipse which included um casca being raped by femto whether you think it's griffith or femto we're not going to discuss that at this moment um we'll get to that eventually because we will have a moment to get to that um but on that yeah we will (laughs) yeah i have a lot of opinions on that um but we went through a whole scene with that. Guts was forced to watch. Uh, he got real fucked up. Um, and then Skull Knight came in right in the aftermath of everything. Scooped them both up. Uh, like, literally just like, whoop! And then, like, <laughs> jumped out of the eclipse with them. Um, landed right next to Rickert, who was going over to see what the fuck was going on <laughs> with the eclipse. He was like, what the fuck is this tornado? Pretty and Skull Knight's you. like... Here you go. And he just like <laughs> drops them on him, and he's like, "Oh, oh God!" Um, so Rickert now has custody of Guts and Casca, and <laughs> Skull Knight kind of fucked off again. Um, they were really fucked up. Rickert used some fairy dust to kind of clean them up a little bit, and then that's kind of where we ended last time. Um, so we there obviously there was a lot that happened if you want to hear about it in detail. We do discuss it in detail in our previous episodes. Uh yes. you are welcome to go listen to them. Before They're very the long. Ones. That's why we made yeah. them. <laughs> yes, before the fridging one. You should listen to the fridging one too though cuz it's a good conversation to have in tandem with uh everything with Casca. Um we both got to learn some cool stuff with it too. So that was fun yeah. to research yeah. and talk about. Um but for now we are going into our next part. Um where we are awakening to a nightmare, which sounds really uplifting and promising. Yeah, Costco looks so happy. Look at her. Can, definitely can not... only get better from here. Um, She's so can't excited. Can't get any worse. <laughs> I feel like the theme of Berserk is you being like, it can't get worse. And then it's like, no. ah, that's funny. It can. Yeah, it can. It can. It's just life lessons in Berserk yeah. all the time. It's like, no, it can. So. Um, we, we come into this chapter where Guts is having a dream, essentially, uh, where he's chasing after the band of the hawk and he can see his friends, but it's, they're still kind of obscured. 
um, but he's being left behind by them. And then all of a sudden he wakes up in a cave and he's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, he's just kind of dazed. He's just kind of laying there like, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, but he hears someone coming down the stairs and like, I feel like this is kind of testament to how fucked up he is. He doesn't like go for his sword or anything, really. He's just like lays there, which is very unguts like. But yeah. someone comes down, someone who we know, um, we'll see in a moment, but Guts is kind of like, who the fuck's there? And then she she knows him. She's like, oh my god, you're awake. And then we have a little Looney Tunes moment where she slips on the cave floor <laughs> and everything goes flying. Whoop. Um, and we see it's Erica. She was the blacksmith's granddaughter, daughter, niece, uh, whatever we want to yeah. call her. A small girl um, child, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my God, there's a word for it that I can't access right now. It's fine. But uh, yeah, she's she's having a bad time, but not as bad a time as Guts. And then uh, Rickert comes down to check on her and he's like, you, should, you shouldn't go so fast in the cave, maybe. <laughs> but um, but he's also distracted by Guts and he's like, oh, thank fuck. You're awake. Thank God. Uh, I thought you were dead, <laughs> honestly. And he's like, you literally haven't moved for four days. And Guts is like, what the fuck is happening? And Erica's like, oh, well, these are the hills near my home. And like, she's trying to be all smart. And she's like, this is daddy's orc cave. And Rickard's like, it's an orc cave. I'm like, but I'm also like, are there orcs in this universe? It's it's berserk, I'd love to know. It's berserk, maybe. I think we learned Um, that elves used to live there. But I don't think elves Yeah, I just... Just when I was rereading it, I was like, huh, interesting. Okay. Um, But she kind of gives us a recap. She's like, well, like, Rickert just showed up with you guys, and they he showed up with these people, and it was you, so we took care of you. And Rickert's like, yeah, I didn't even know Guts, like, new people, so <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> crazy. Um, but he's like, this weird guy brought us here, and all this weird shit's happening, and what the fuck happened in the fucking whirlwind? <laughs> Where is everybody? Which is like fair. He hasn't known for like a week now, probably like what's been going on. And Guts still hasn't quite realized yet, but very suddenly does. And he sits up, which he definitely should not do. I like that you could see like all his abs through the bandages, by the way. That's I'm how, like, that's, that's how, how bandage. That's how bandage. Is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's how bandages work. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but everyone's like, don't do that. Maybe sit down for a second. But he like grabs Rickard by the shirt and just like, he's got his crazy eyes going on. And he's like, where the fuck is Casca? And Rickard's like, oh, well. Oh. And Erica's like, oh, she's over there. And you can see Casca um, off in the waterfalls of the cave. And we get this very not provocative shot not of provocative. her. She, um, she's definitely not triple cheeked up. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, God, it. no BBL here. Um, but <laughs> but Guts is kind of like, oh, fuck. OK. And he like goes over to talk to her. And she looks over at him and is kind of like, oh. Mm, I don't know about that. And he like go- reaches out to like touch her. She starts screaming and like smacks his hand away. And he's just kind of like, oh, okay. 
Um, and she's not really spoken to him yet. She's just kind of screaming and making noises. And it's she has a very blank look in her eye at this yeah. point. Um, she honestly doesn't like, really look like Casca. Like she, it, like yeah. it's Casca, but she, like the, these expressions, like you've no, never really seen them yeah. before. It's a very blank expression, not really comprehending anything. And he's like, "What? What is wrong with you? Like it's like it's over. It's me. Like we can talk about this." And the second he grabs onto her, she just starts like screaming her head off again. And she gets away from him. And <laughs> Rickert kind of explains he's like she just doesn't understand anything. Like she doesn't know you. She doesn't like know me. Like. She doesn't know anything right now. Yeah. And Guts is very bad at, like, listening to people and taking their words to heart. So, of course, he tries again. Um, and she bites him, which is valid. Um, but she runs yeah. off and goes and hangs out with Erica. And she's, like, running almost like, I don't know, like an animal or, like, a small child. Like, she's bouncing all over the place and, like, mm -hmm. crouches and hides behind her. And Erica's like, yeah, he's he's scary. I don't blame you. It's fine. <laughs> It'll be okay. Um, but she <laughs> doesn't like, know. I put so much of logs on him, he didn't die. I understand. Yeah, he's, he's... <laughs> yeah, that shit was scary, man. Um, but she doesn't know anything about them being together, obviously. So she's not putting this together at this point. Um, so she just kind of carries on taking care of Casca. She's like, oh, you're you know you're gonna catch a cold. Like, let's go get you like dried off and Ricker explains more he's like she's been that way she's been up for like two days and she's pretty healed up but like she doesn't understand anything at all and she only trusts Erica at this point which is uh something Guts definitely wants to hear right now mm -hmm. but um you know he starts to go near her again and she pulls away again and finally he kind of gets it and steps back but um Instead of, like, going to lay down like a normal person, he storms out of the cave. And Rickard's like, don't do that. You're still really fucked up. And don't. he just, like, he's just like, I'm going right now. And he leaves. And he says, he says something significant. He's like, you're not supposed to go outside no matter what. Like, he yeah. said so. And it's like, who's he? It's this cult night. That's who. Um, but who he's he? running outside. Who is he? He's running outside. He's bleeding already again from exertion. And that's kind of where we tap off with that is guts running away from his problems again. Yeah. Relatable. Right. Yeah. Hey, no, yay. So. <laughs> By the way, um, I, one eye missing and his left hand completely gone. Um, if you were there for the last episode, yeah, he, um, cut his own arm off. To try to get to Casca, and a demon poked his eye out. So yeah, so um, yeah. he hasn't even addressed that. By the way, that's that's how he's feeling right now. If, if we're just putting things, yeah, he's like he doesn't even give seem to give a fuck about any of those things being gone. So that that is just kind of um interesting. Slash. But yeah, so we're back with guts. Um, chapter ninety is called the sprint. Very appropriately. As Guts is fucking booking it through the forest, uh, we see all these little cute woodland creatures completely disturbed by him as he's, um, it's like basically like this tranquil little forest and then there's Guts like barreling through it like um, 
a bull through a china shop, literally, just like breaking branches, like disturbing all the birds, panting, screaming, ripping bandages off of himself because he doesn't know what else to do. He's just exhausted, right? So um, he's thinking a lot, though, while he's running. Um, he starts thinking about Judo and one of his first conversations with him that he had when he joined the Band of the Hawk. Um, specifically how Judo looked at him when he asked him, you know, well, can't this be your family? Like, what's going to make you want to leave? Um, as he's making this sick-ass parkour jump over this gap, um, he just casually makes after waking up after a four-day coma. Um, he also thinks about Corcus, and specifically he thinks about Corcus, you know, telling him that he's ungrateful, telling him that he shouldn't, you know, leave the band of the hawk. None of the dialogue is there, by the way, but this is just, like, key moments from that moment when Guts first lands the band of the hawk, right? And he just remembers the anger in Corcus's face. And he's still running, right? Like, he's actually removed the bandages from his head. He's, like, just running through brush. He can't really see anything. Um, and still, he's remembering his friends. He remembers Pippin carrying him <laughs> over to the fire to go have a drink. He remembers him handing him the drink. Um, and he's remembering all of this as he's, like, falling down a cliff, right? He's falling right off of a cliff. Um, remembers Pippin supporting him in war, how he, like, protected all of them during their battles. He remembers the nights of them celebrating, um, specifically the night where he was on the hill, you know, looking down with Casca at everything. He remembers all the lights and all the fire, all the campfires. He remembers leading his men into battle. And the whole time, right, we can't see where he's going. He's just running. We don't know how long it's been. We don't know where he is. But he keeps running and he keeps thinking and he starts thinking about uh, Griffith. And, you know, all he can do is really, like, kind of sob while he's crying, right? And, I mean, while he's running, right? And, he kind of like comes a little bit to consciousness as he's thinking about, about Griffith and he has cuts all over him. Cause he's been running through brush. He's been running through rocks. He's been running through all these things. He's got all his scars all over him. All his bandages have been removed at this point, including the one around his eye. So his eyes bleeding too. And he still won't stop running. He's running through creeks, running through rivers, running through anything until he eventually is nighttime. And he's in the middle of a field somewhere. And whether out of exhaustion or out of just, you know, not knowing where to go, he kind of collapses to the ground and just looks up at the sky while it starts, it begins to rain, right? We see a couple of dragonflies, you know, landing on blades of grass and stuff like that. But he's just kind of like looking up at the sky. And as like some lightning strikes or something, he sees an image of Femto, a.k.a. Griffith. Um, you know, whatever you believe, right? <laughs> so... He looks up at it, the image, and all he can think about is, like, you know, he kind of seems like he's thinking about everything that just happened to him, right? The eclipse and everything. And so he starts panting, and as he's panting, he starts feeling a pain in his neck, and he feels the curse mark on his neck start bleeding. And he also starts kind of feeling rumbling under his feet, a bunch of, like, faint voices in the background. And before he knows it, he sees some demons, like, in the brush, right? <laughs> so he's, like, what the fuck is this more of that nightmare again like you know the eclipse and before he can really take with like realize what's going on he hears um our favorite guy the skull knight pop up and go hey take hey. heed you should take heed um from now on this is your world the boundary between the mortal world and that of the dead the interstice which is the end of chapter 90 the sprint and kind of is the introduction to how guts spends the rest of his life and kind of explains some stuff that happened at the beginning of the manga. So um, he explains that, you know, in the next chapter, Vow of Retaliation, chapter 91, 
uh, the Skull Knight continues to explain um, the boundary between the mortal world and that of the dead, the interstice. So, you know, Guts is remembering. He's like, oh, shit, this is him from that one time. He's like, okay, this is this makes sense. Because he wasn't conscious when Skull Knight no. saved him and him and Casca. He passed out at that point. He was done. I think when his eye got stabbed out, he passed out completely. So he's like, wait, he's the guy who warned me from before. Like, he's like, okay. So, you know, as the demons are racing up to him, Skull Knight's like, hey, take this. <laughs> Just throws a sword at him. Um, mm-hmm. Like, not even, like, tosses it. He, like, like almost like a spear right and guts just happens to grab it as it's passing by him and he's like what the hell's up with this sword but before he can really like take time to think about it he starts fighting ghosts which are like the demons coming after him right so he goes into it missing one arm not even thinking about it just going ahead and slashing all the demons and stuff and he's like and he's thinking he's like wait this is like cutting through water like these things aren't real and you know, Skull Knight almost like he can read his thoughts. Is like these are the de- these are the dead spirits that roam about this place. Being dead, they now cling to life. They have swarmed together in their desire for your warm flesh and blood. The brand mm-hmm. of sacrifice it has drawn those of darkness. And with those last two lines, we see an image of guts, um, his curse mark bleeding, right? Which is like an indicator that shit's about to happen. If you don't recall from you know what like seventy chapters ago or something like that. So Guts keeps fighting because he doesn't really have a choice because these things are trying to kill him. They're grabbing his ankles from below the ground. They're tripping him. They're asking him to let them inside um, because they want his soul. They want his body. They want everything to do with him. And they kind of start, like, overwhelming him, right? And trying to, like, almost, like, start taking over his body. Kind of like the time he, um... uh, It's... Ah, man, I forgot what happened. It was. I think it was one of the earlier chapters, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah, it's but this like has happened the, to him before. One of the first like five chapters, I think, where yeah. like the ghosts like invade him, and he kind of goes sicko mode for a second, and then he yes. like kicks him out. Exactly. This is yeah. It's almost exactly that, right? But this is like the first time it's happened to him. So he shakes them off as they're like almost like you know trying to possess him, and you know Skull Knight watches this, and he's like, "Steal yourself, otherwise you'll be haunted to your death." Like hey good job knocking that one off but they'll keep going and they won't stop so you gotta keep you gotta keep fighting he's like listen so after all to them you are the torch tossed into the darkness no doubt you shine through brilliantly for them kind of like pointing to you know you survived something you were supposed to be sacrificed we want what you have right and he kind of just lets him know he lets guts know that this is his reality now he has to live through this right that he must stand at this interval where the dead meet the living and he has to kind of experience that himself. Guts asks, you know, he's like, why do I have to do that? And Skull Knight explains that, of course, it's because of the brand of sacrifice and he's already been offered to the darkness. And it's kind of like the darkness trying to take back its debts, right? Like, it's like, no, you're owed to the darkness. It's trying to take you back. So they're going to come for you and it's your destiny. And the word destiny, um, kind of triggers guts for reasons we'll talk about in a minute it's kind of his uh mortal enemy's favorite word um and he's sick of hearing it so he screams shut the hell up and just starts hacking away with his right hand at all the at all the ghosts again and um he points his sword directly at the skull knight and says you know how about you save your high and mighty crap for after i've been haunted to death you asshole like let's <laughs> save all that crap because i'm not dying okay he's like listen i'm not i'm not just gonna let them take me like that so skull knight kind of just stares at him doesn't really say much back just kind of lets him talk and you know Gus is like 
offering, sacrifice, destiny, whatever. Start spinning out all that cryptic bullshit, which is funny because that's all Skull Knight does is scream out cryptic bullshit. Literally. <laughs> He's like, this is war. This war is no different from any other kind of war. Um, and you trying to tell me that it is is kind of bullshit. So, you know, he's kind of telling, like, listen here, if all you aren't going to back down, then you ugly pale face bastards, you know, you could tell them for me that I will hit back. <laughs> he's like, tell them leaving me half eaten is going to be the end of you. And he just starts hacking away at all the spirits. Right. And he's got that like crazy grin. He's got his sword in his hand. He's just, you know, going as fast as he can, just trying to kill. Right. I'll hunt and I'll kill all those wretched monsters and all of you down to the last one, right? Well, he swings away, swings away, just kills all these spirits. And he declares war on the spirits, right? Doesn't really need to know the reason. He just knows he's going to fucking kill them. And as he's remembering all of this, he remembers um, uh, Griffith slash Femto um, saying that, you know, um, what did the, no, saying what um, I think, the god hand or somebody said to him, but they said, you know, should anyone trouble that dream, he would oppose him body and soul, even if the threat were, and before he can even like finish the thought, right? The Skull Knight's kind of complimenting him. He's like, hmm, he is the struggler. That's crazy. That's, uh, just <laughs> like I said he was. He's like, yeah, he is struggling. That's, that's nuts. He's like, his strength is the reason he's obviously survived the eclipse, right? Like, yeah, I carried him out of there, but I don't know how he survived what happened to him. And, you know, Ad's Guts is fighting, all the spirits just kind of up and disappear. They go, shoop, and just gone. And, you know, Guts kind of seems like he wants to fight more. He kind of seems a little annoyed. He's like, what? It's it's over already? And, uh, you know, Skull Knight kind of warns him. He's like, well, they have found another torch, you know, torch being the brand mark. And, you know, Guts, Guts isn't the smartest guy, right? So he's like, torch with the more cryptic shit. But then he puts it together, right? He's like, shit, Casca. So he, you know, before he really even, like, has a chance to think about what he's doing, he hops towards Skull Knight, points the sword at his neck, you know, his own sword that the guy tossed to him. And he's like, you got to give me your horse. And Skull Knight kind of just looks back at him and he's like, well, come on, give me your horse, hurry up. And he's like, okay, buddy, sure. So instead of giving him the horse, he grabs him by his arm, by his good arm, and just, like, yoinks him onto the horse. And he's like, all right. This is twice now that I've carried you. Don't get thrown off. <laughs> and then he launches into the sky as he does with his horse. And assumingly, assuming us, I mean, we're assuming that he's going to go get Casca because Casca's obviously in danger since the spirits found her. And that's where we end chapter 91 um, and the end of technically volume 13. If you're a paperback person, um, which if you are, I don't know how you have some of those volumes in your house, but yeah, that's where we left leaving off today. Slash. Slash. Awesome good stuff cool so there's there's a few things to talk about not a, not a lot of heavy stuff but there's a lot of imagery and a few different implications yeah do you want to start or do you want me to oh yeah i'll i'll go ahead and start um you know the first thing that we can we can get this out of the way right because we talked about this before we ended the last episode is Casca's whole demeanor has changed right mm-hmm. um so yeah. If you if you read the pages, which I do recommend at least like looking up screenshots and stuff, if you don't have the books, um, she's like expressionless, just no emotion. The first chapter that we read today, the um, it's kind of like a trope they have her in, like she's like the smiling idiot basically in this first mm-hmm. like shot we see of her because she's bathing in the water, right? 
and of course she's like enjoying herself but it's supposed to like depict like you know it's kind of contrasting what's going on right like there's obviously nothing there but she's excited but you know it's like what's wrong with Casca is kind of like what the reader is supposed to be thinking but it's like the smiling idiot trope but yeah she's not Casca as we knew her before right she um has no lines anymore she actually does not speak anymore and part of what we see from her mostly now is like a lot of like noises a lot of screaming kind of like a lot of syllables um which is a huge change and also kind of like i i know we've talked about before it's like taking away the character but it's also like basically giving her an entirely new type of like yeah story in my opinion but yeah that's like the biggest thing up front yeah and we've talked and alluded to like the ableism aspect with this it'll become a lot more apparent like in the next few chapters because like obviously you can see it here but like it's it's this whole thing where she's basically like regressed and she doesn't know how to like communicate properly anymore or really like be around anyone and like the only thing she really knows is that she's like scared of men yeah like that's it just um just men as a whole there isn't because she won't go near rickert she hates guts and then with um there's like the implication she probably doesn't like the blacksmith very much too like erica is really the only one she'll go near um which like is valid and fair like if this were like a real world scenario like i completely understand but also it's not a real world scenario and it was written by a man who is depicting someone suffering post-trauma and like it's very stark compared to like the scene we get with um griffith at the beginning right where he where we Costco recounts what happened with him um it's because it has similarities like they're both washing off in a sense afterwards and they're both like yeah, yeah dealing with it but Casca doesn't once again does not get to deal with her trauma actually because it's literally like disabled her at this point which is like I don't think that should never be a storyline but I don't think it's handled yeah. well here and we'll talk about that a lot we'll have plenty of opportunities to talk about that yeah. later Casca's here to stay um, she's still she's like she's in the book yeah from now on yeah yeah she's not like gone she's not written out of anything she's still very much like a character um but like Cheval said like it's not the same uh she doesn't really get anything after this development wise because there's nothing to develop in Mira's eyes with her um because she's disabled she's just kind of something Guts has to take on for a while which we'll get to but um yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't blame Guts for running out, by the way. Like, I think if I was faced with, like, that many things after being traumatized, I'd be like, okay, I gotta go. I, um, I think psychologically, honestly, that's, like, a very yeah. natural response for some people is, I need yeah. to run away right now. So yeah. I need to leave immediately. Like, I don't think he was even really thinking about it. I think it was just, like, I can't be here. Um because and, this is like literally my lover who is traumatized and I can't comfort her and I can't do anything and she doesn't even know who the fuck I am. Um, so yeah, what's the point? It's, kind it's of. It's really, it's kind of, I don't know. It's also kind of frustrating because he gets a lot of that, right? 
and yeah. Kasuke gets nothing because he he was also traumatized. Like don't don't get it twisted. He was very traumatized by that. Yeah. And the thing is though is that like it's almost like this contrast between the two, right? Like Guts was it's like it's almost like Mira decided that one of them gets to deal, deal with their disability. One side if one side is one type of disability, one is the other. So Guts got mm. physically disabled. Um, even though all of Casca's injuries healed, he got physically disabled. But for some reason, he's swinging a sword fine. He went on a five-mile jog. Um, <laughs> right after right being after, in a coma. After being in a coma, he's having all of these flashbacks about you know, like PTSD flashbacks, technically, right? About his past life, you know, everything that had happened. His the dreams he was having were him. The last thing he saw before everything went down, which is like you know, everybody don't go in there. The last like mm-hmm. thing he remembers before the clip started. He gets all these layers to it, but it's like, did we even know if Casca got to think about any of that? No, right? And I get it. It's supposed to be like a mind break thing or whatever, but at the same time, it's like that's kind of like a scapegoat to just not give her anything in that way. And, you know, we do see over time she does get more comfortable with men. Some things do happen, but it's just interesting to see guts have all these layered emotions on top of his physical disability which he kind of just brushes off he's not like we don't get Mm -hmm. a moment where he's like oh my god my fucking hand or like i can't really see right now so it's hard to do anything like if in my opinion we don't really i don't actually i don't think in the future chapters we even really talk about it it's just like that's just how guts is now which is like i don't think we should it's almost like conflicting because i don't think we should like hammer that point away so much because yeah you can have Mm -hmm. physically disabled parts especially the way he does and live a productive life or whatever but it's just interesting that he has these things happen and he kind of brushes those off yeah as his mental breakdown but like it didn't make him you know i don't like this term but non-verbal right like yeah Yeah. he also like never has to adjust to like only having one arm only having one eye like when you learn to like do things in a certain way like when you have both arms when you have both eyes it's very different when you don't have one afterwards like fighting would be very different from him he would have more blind spots than he's used to his balance would be off like there's all kinds of things that could have yeah. been like he should have been like, tripping the whole here. time when he was running yeah <laughs> like it, or like kind of fumbling part of the fight a little bit like i do believe he could have won still just through like adrenaline and spite which is how he does most things like i think that's fine yeah but i would have kind of liked to see like a little more <laughs> indication that like these things are affecting him and this is another thing with like physical disability in media that like is talked about a lot where like someone is disabled right like um I don't know. Like, we can talk about, like, Full Metal Alchemist, too, because it's yeah. very similar, where, like, Ed has a prosthetic arm that he's able to maneuver, like, a normal arm, which is fine. And I think, like, I honestly feel... I, I don't have a prosthetic, so and I know some people feel differently, so I'm not criticizing them. I feel like enough is shown to where, like, the arm breaks down or he has to repair it or, it, like, actively impacts his life, you know? Like, there's aspects of it. That actively impact his life but a lot of times in like sci-fi and fantasy they'll use like magic prosthetics to kind of <laughs> the world's fastest uh, fastest obtained prosthetic. yeah <laughs> yeah it's just kind of like oh your arm's gone but like here's a new arm and also i put a cannon in it and cuts yeah, his Se- case Sekiro, you know sekiro has that exact problem too which i know yeah. sekiro's arm was definitely inspired by berserk but yeah still 
Yeah. It's it's definitely like you would still have to adjust to that. You'd have to adjust to the weight of that. It's a fucking metal arm. Like I don't care who it you are. A lot That's more it's than a human arm. Very yeah. different and moving it's different. And like I don't know. I like I like the parts of Full Metal Alchemist where like you see Ed having to like adjust a little bit and you see him and Winry like working on it. Yeah. And then you have scenes later where it like breaks down and he has to go get his parts fixed and he can't do anything as frustrating as that is for him. And as like yeah. amazing of a fighter and as smart a person as he is, like he can't get around the fact that like he is disabled and his like his aid <laughs> for things is broken and he needs to yeah. have it fixed in order to do what he needs to do. And so I like those moments of Full Metal Alchemist a lot just because, like, even though it does have a lot of, like, the magic prosthetic sort of moment, like, there are also a lot of moments where it's like, yeah, but now it's fucked, so what are you going to do? And yeah, it's like, ah. yeah. It's, yeah. It, I think it's, and you're right, because Full Metal Alchemist, especially, like, Brotherhood, does that a lot better, where they, like, mm-hmm. take some time to address that. And here they kind of, like, you know, Guts loses the robot hand a few times, right? Like, or his metal hand sometimes. And that so it kind of comes up, but it is also, like, interesting that the first time he doesn't have his hand, it's almost like it's the non-factor, right? Like, yeah. it just so happens that the Skull Knight gives him a sword he could wield with one hand, right? And he gets the Dragon Slayer in a few chapters, and it's addressed a little bit with that, right? Like, it's like, you need two hands yeah. to lift this, but he gets the arm at the same time. So... Yeah, so it's, it's never, like, a it's not issue. a issue which is yeah it's just a little disappointing because i feel like that like you said that could be made to be more interesting because it is like a factor that it's something that griffith left him with right like griffith disabled yeah. him so it's something he has to fight past but especially the eye thing never really comes up because that does oh. i feel like more so than the hands in some ways right like we could see that at least like because i'm sorry depth perception when fighting i feel like is a very, very different yeah that's what i'm saying thing. like it doesn't make like he doesn't ever have like a magic prosthetic eye like he definitely had to adjust to fighting with literally only one eye which changes everything i don't know um if any of you have ever like shot anything like a bow and arrow or a gun or anything but it's very different when you're looking down the barrel with both eyes and when you're looking down the barrel with one eye and like uh one of the first things i learned when i took an archery class was like to aim with both like both eyes first and kind of see where it lands and then adjust because you can kind of see where like your aim is going. And then once you like know where it is with one eye, you can aim a lot more accurately because you know how to adjust. And so it's, it's a, it was a really neat lesson and taught me a lot about perspective that I used in drawing and stuff too. Later on, it was very, it was a one-time class. I really enjoyed it. Um, I wish I could do archery again. That was fun. But, um, (laughs) But yeah, like there's you you don't see things the same way. It's like um I don't know. Like anyone who's had any kind of eye injury knows that or like if you've ever had to like in school if they ever had to like correct you being like wall-eyed or anything or cross-eyed yeah. and they made you wear an eye patch for a while, you know like it affects you differently. Yeah. So one of my uh brother-in-laws had to do that. <laughs> yeah, he he had a little, little man had a little eye patch on for like yeah a few weeks yeah. yeah yeah or like you have to wear it like a few hours every day or something yeah, like yeah it's it it's a whole yeah. process but to correct your vision or whatever yeah yeah to keep you from like 
I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing, but that's not related. But yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. you, the point <laughs> is like your vision is impacted by like anything that happens to your eyes. Um, we also don't know like I don't know like if I had a hollow in my head all of a sudden like is the ball- eyeball still there? Did they take it out? Is yeah. there anything in there now? Um, he doesn't ever really have an eye patch either, which is kind of funny to me for the most part. Like, he mostly just, like, squints only his eye in, a little bit. Only in that, uh, that like, test chapter. That That's the only time yeah, he has an yeah, eye patch. Yeah, yeah. He never does after that. I think Mira was I like, it doesn't wish, look as cool. <laughs> I kind of wish he did, just because, like, yeah. it's a very visual indicator that he doesn't have an eye or, like, I didn't know until I started reading Berserk that he was missing No, me an eye. too. I, I had no yeah. idea. I I think it was someone like told me and I was like that's crazy that does not come across because it just looks like he's like squinting yeah he's like squinting or like yeah I, I, I yeah so that that part has always been the ter- like the eye never comes up and I feel like you know I I don't know if like Mir thought well he was there when it happened so he knows what happened but like mm-hmm. <laughs> he's have to adjust to like that new lifestyle right yeah so. It is interesting because as he starts taking care of Casca, that becomes more so the forefront as like him taking care of her. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. That aspect is interesting because it, it, it's only used as like a, oh, he needs to be like kind of disabled right now. So we took his hand away while this happened. Mm-hmm. Or he needs to do this thing with one, with one hand because he only has one hand right now. Instead of it being like a consistent like over time, he's learning to do this stuff. Because even when we first meet him, uh, like when the comic first starts, like we meet Guts, you know, saving uh, Puck. He is good. Like he doesn't need any help with that stuff. He's throwing knives. He's, you know, just doing whatever. So it, it's cool. Like I get it because it's kind of like about his journey, right? About his like his old vengeance thing. Like he mm-hmm. pushes through a lot of stuff with that. But it is like kind of interesting. Like, all right, well, we should have a little bit more of development in that area. But yeah, um, that that part isn't isn't super bad um no it's just kind of interesting to think about and how like it could like give his character a little more depth too and like the world a little more depth yeah because like mira obviously knows that like you have to train to get better at something because you see guts training and getting better and having bigger swords as like you know a product of him doing better he can wave more metal around and stuff yeah but um then when there's like something that interrupts that it doesn't really because he's just like guts pushes through it and like guts pushes through everything so like i i get it but i also think it's a little lazy and that's a little sad to me but like it's not like i'm never reading berserk ever again kind of yeah you know yeah that's my thing um, it's not we'll get to, to that like, one make it quote unquote <laughs> unbelievable yeah there's other moments that are like okay like that is a way to handle that but um yep um but i also think it's interesting that we wind up like back with the blacksmith and with erica because it's kind of like that like mid-story reset where you're kind of back at ground zero and it's like well here's the place where you kind of trained initially so we're back there and now you kind of gotta train again and figure shit out and that's kind of like your base for a while. I always think that's interesting in like video games and stuff where it's like, well, shit's fucked. Yeah. Back back to the grind. <laughs> you don't that's get to it. Like like when you get like one third or two thirds through a game or something, mm-hmm. and then it's like, you're fucked. Your weapons. Have fun. Yeah, your weapons <laughs> trash. Everything or like the beginning of like a 
uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Like, yeah, all your shit gone. Oh my god, everything gone. Like, yeah, or Welcome like Wind Waker, world. where like you work so hard to get that sword and that shield, and then mm-hmm. like you end up in that enemy base, and Tetra's like, "Whoopsie doopsie, um, your sword's yeah. all the way up there." <laughs> god, that level scared the shit out of me when I was a kid because I did it's not so like hard. stealth stuff back then. Also, it's really hard. I think that's like the hardest stealth level I've ever. It's pretty done. hard. I remember at the time being really into Metal Gear Solid. And mm. even still thinking that was hard when I was like yeah. 12 or 13. I was like, this sucks. Um, it's also very tense. It's very tense for a cartoon game. It, it reminds me of this tweet that was like, um, you know, we got to talk about greatest games of all time. Your greatest game of all time has to have at least one bullshit section. And somebody just posted a screenshot of the Wind Waker sneaking section. Yeah. And they were like, yes. Yeah. And it's one of the greatest games of all time. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because that is. part is bullshit. <laughs> but. It, it's yeah. it's necessary. There's other bullshit parts, but that part is extremely so. God, Windmaker is a good game. I don't even remember where I was going with it. I think I just was thinking about, min- about the no, I was thinking about Wind Waker, and then I was thinking about how I hated Skyward Sword gameplay and how good Wind Waker was, and how I've wanted to play Wind Waker again, and I got massively distracted. I completely um, understand. Um, anyways, well, don't worry. This is. I- I do have gaming stuff I do want to talk about. Don't yes, worry. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> this is the bullshit section of Berserk for me, honestly. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. the biggest bullshit part. And it's not yeah. even the part that a lot of people feel like is the bullshit part to me, because I liked that arc a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, everything leading up to it and between it, I hate. And yeah. then I hate, like, a chunk after it. It's really annoying to me. Um, yeah. very annoying to me. But then we get into stuff where I'm like, oh, thank God, it's people other than guts, and then and then we yeah. have fun. Yeah, more um, of the cast comes in. It, it gets a lot more thank fun. Thank God. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think the main things to even take away from this are um, we now have an explanation for why guts is chased by ghosts. Um, mm-hmm. Casca is changed forever, <laughs> oh, and yeah, is you know experiencing a lot of stereotypical you know post rape uh symptoms from years perspectives um and i don't know just guts i don't know we see a little bit of guts having like survivor's guilt thing because kind of the whole thing where he's not seeing the dialogue but it's kind of like seeing what judo and corka said is part of it was like when they were like if you leave something bad could happen and it's kind of like you know well they were right and they're gone now kind of a thing right and it's kind of done without words which i thought was really well done but like that's part of what mm-hmm. he deals with right it's, it's not like he's quite like hitting you upside the head with it it's a little yeah. more subtle than that. it's more subtle it's for the people who've been reading right like it's like yeah mm-hmm. you remember what happened here this is when they're telling him you're ungrateful something's gonna bad's gonna happen if you leave because you're going against his mission and it's it's basically like it came true and it's like a hard hit for him so i thought that that part was interesting because I don't know. It is like showing that he did fail in some way in his head. Like to him, mm-hmm. he did cause this in some form or fashion, which is like a told you so from Corcus, which is it's funny. He remembers Corcus more than he remembers <laughs> the other two, which is kind of fucked up, but also kind of poignant. Corcus right? kind of sticks in your head and he's just yep. there. <laughs> Very indicative of his character. It's like, yeah, I sure remember Corcus. Sometimes I don't even remember other parts of the Band of the Hop, but I'm like, I remember Corcus. Yes. Fucking hate that guy. Yes, no. Um I, I fully agree. That's he he had he played his part. I will say that. He played his part yeah. very well. Um but yeah, that that's I think that's the only thing real other thing to cover is just that mm-hmm. 
you know, the whole guts is his hell-bent vengeance passing up his disabilities <laughs> and, um, you know, kind of just what's going on with Casca. I don't know. I'm kind of be glad if we get, get past this, like, like you said, like, um, the reset thing. Oh, that's what we were coming up from with mm-hmm. Wind Waker. Yeah. The, oh yeah. The yeah. Reset yeah. Thing. The but reset. No, yeah. Kind of bringing that back full circle is, you know, this is kind of the trope that I kind of get tired of immediate. And I think it's one of those things where I've, I've seen it so many times, not what happened. Right. But the whole, like, okay, get your shit back together. Let's get back on the road. Um, the place I've seen it the most is final fantasy. This happens in mm. literally just about every single Final Fantasy game is you I get partway through and then something catastrophic happens. Your base blows up. Um, one of the most popular ones, a character dies. <laughs> um, um, a main character dies or a main objective you were trying to do up until that point in the game just fails outright. So then you have to regroup and try again. This happens. Yeah, it's happened in Final Fantasy 16. Uh the newest one, right? I think it's or seventeen. I forgot what it is, but <laughs> um, one of those. It's it's a very strong trope in a lot of. It's not even like a shonen trope, really. Sometimes too, it is sometimes mm-hmm. in shonens, which isn't a shonen, right? It's a senian. But I think it's just how many times I've seen it. It kind of gets tiring. So I'm waiting for him yeah. to just get the dragon slayer, get back on the road, and then we make our little time skip and go to Toot the next sweet. Arc. Yeah, yeah. So I understand it dragging a little bit. Next chapter that we have is very, um, yeah, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. So be prepared for that next time. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm. That's I'm why we stopped kinda, early this time. Yeah, that's why we stopped early. Yeah, the next episode's a lot heavier. It's kind of fucked up to do that less than ten days into the year. Um, we'll give it a but, few. But no, I, I do see like a lot of that, those tropes in here, and I don't know. It, it's, it kind of reminds me of that argument of, um. Because, like, trope, this trope isn't bad. That's, like, one thing I want to say, right? Like, I'm not saying, like, it's, like, a bad thing to do for your story. I actually like sometimes when stories have the character, like, not, like, partway fail or something they can fix. I like it when somebody fails so bad that they can't fix what happened mm-hmm. and they have to, like, find a new thing. I love that. Yeah. I think that's great because it's, it's better than the whole thing where, oh, they can still pick it up and fix it kind of a thing, right? Yeah. Well, it's more, like, commitment to it, you know? Like, it's a solid thing that you can't change. Like, I... Yeah. As much as I don't like the eclipse, I do like the finality of it. Like, that's yeah. closed. You can never go back. And that's why a lot of people, like, cling to the Golden Age so much. Because it's, like, the nice things that were in Berserk that will never be again, you know? Yep. Like, you'll never get that dynamic back. You'll never have those people again. And then... But then, like, a lot of people don't go on and, like, meet the new band essentially not like actually band of the hot because griffith isn't there anymore but yeah. like guts his new group yeah, his new is one. really great and they get such fleshed out stories and like i really yeah. wish more people spent the time to get to know them which is what i'm very excited to do going forward now that we're finally past the fucking eclipse we yeah. still have a little bit to get through that i it's a slog to me but we'll get there um yeah it's it's a little rebuildy for a second after this yeah. but then once you get into the meat of it it's back to like like the, the story kind of does hit like a, a a pattern or like a rhythm of what's going on mm-hmm. right it, like guts is confronted with something and it's kind of how he goes about it that is sometimes at times ruthless sometimes it's kind of surprising what he does to not be ruthless right it like kind of like yeah. um with the count like we go like to more stories akin to that where you know he takes a child hostage but at the same time he tells her like you know Hey, uh, kill yourself. If you kill want yourself. 
fucking kill yourself, kid. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to do that. I just, um, yeah, I it kind of makes me think of that conversation that it's been coming up on like game in gaming discussions a lot about um, mm-hmm. what an RPG is, right? Or mm. the difference between JRPGs and RPGs, and it, it's funny because like part of it is just like a racist thing, right? Like a lot of a lot of gaming media kind of sections out JRPGs if it's made by a Japanese company, yeah. if it's an RPG, it's somehow different from a regular RPG. Or mm-hmm. if a turn-based RPG is made by an American company, it's still not an RPG. It's weird, right? So yeah. part of it, though, I think is what makes it different is, like, the tropes that both do. And none of them are bad, right? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of American stuff is very... American RPGs try to put you in the front seat and make you, like, the main character. And I feel like a lot of Japanese RPGs try to tell a story and you're just playing your role or excuse me, or participating in it and kind of watching it mm-hmm. unfold. I can agree with that. Yeah. So, but like, you know, it, it kind of does like come down to semantics because some pe- now we got people saying, oh, those aren't RPGs. It's in the fucking name. It's a role playing game. You're playing the role yeah. of this character. In American games, you're playing the role of yourself, but it's still a role playing game, right? Like people are yeah. like, well, Baldur's Gate is the most RPG RPG ever. It's like, no, it's a type of RPG, right? Like it's not like it's the only type Yeah, it's of like exists. a... It emulates tabletop, which is a type of RPG, you know? And, like, yeah. I don't know. As much as I, like, don't care about Baldur's Gate, like, I, I think the discussions around that kind of thing have been really weird and interesting because I'm just, like, what, why are we, like, splitting hairs over it? Like, it's yeah. it's an RPG in a format where, like, oh, it's very familiar to a lot of Americans, especially, right? Because D&D yeah. is so big over here. And I think that, like, a lot of, like, turn-based stuff in Japanese games, like, a lot of those tend to um, kind of fall in with certain games they were familiar with to begin with. And there's, like, shit over here, too, that, like, StarCraft yeah. was huge over here. And yeah, that's yeah. also turn... Not, like, turn-based, turn-based. That's a real-time thing. Yeah, real-time No one come for me. Um, but, like, we have similar things, right? Like, we... we played worms when we were kids right yeah. everyone had that experience um which worms is, is technically <laughs> yeah i mean hypothetically it's a you have a unit and it's turn-based and you have a battlefield it's a turn-based yeah. rpg um but i do yeah. think like uh, uh, yeah. the storytelling is what really makes it different because like a lot of japanese stories follow like the same because it happens in anime, too, right? Where there's mm. just, like, specific things you come to expect. And, like, there's specific things I expect from American games where if it doesn't happen, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're, we're mixing it up a little. That's kind of nice. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, God, you know? God of War kind of does yeah. that, right? Like, there's a few times that game kind of surprises me. I'm like, okay. No. Cool. Me, too. I was like, oh, we're Atreus now. Oh, we're doing this now. Oh, this, mm-hmm. like is not what I expected from Kratos and obviously Atreus didn't either, <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. there's so many like moments with that game where I was pleasantly surprised because I'm so used to like, I don't know. I can't even think of another one right now, but like other like Western ish yeah. games that I've played. I think it's, I think it's really cool how like they've kind of combined over time though. Like I don't think you can split hairs on it as much anymore just because yeah. like game companies share so much and people share so many ideas. Stuff that Toby Fox does draws from like so many A lot of JRPGs. Yeah, yeah. like 
honestly, like Super Mario RPG and like Mother, like both of those are things I really see in Undertale a lot Absolutely. and in Deltarune. And but it's also a very Western game, like a lot of the pop culture stuff. Like it is internet, mm. but it's also a lot of it's very Western and like yeah. American choice based stuff too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. It's, yeah no. I don't know. It's interesting. It, it is it is interesting because like you said like the lines are kind of blurring a lot of a lot of people on both sides like japanese developers and american developers like borrowing ideas from each other mm-hmm. like you know it's like um one of my favorite quotes was um hideo kojima when he first saw gta 5 back in the day he said he got depressed because he's like you can make games like that like he was literally like what the fuck he's like how did what they have do I that? been doing? I don't, what have I, yeah, he literally. I think he literally said he's like, "What the fuck have I been doing? How did they do that?" That's so funny. And you know, we've heard some developers say the same thing about Japanese developers at times, mm-hmm. right? Like some, arguably, a lot of RPG developers in America are incredibly inspired by Final Final Fantasy, especially uh, like yeah, definitely fourteen, right? Like like the the MMO one. So, oh God, yeah, fucking yeah, MMOs are a whole different beast. I feel like a, a lot of those thing. do stem. <laughs> very directly from like a lot of japanese games and shit like you know yeah, like maple story and stuff like and that and like i paid like a really shitty knockoff one called dragon fable like years and years oh and yeah years ago um, <laughs> I <remember that> one. <laughs> yeah i fucking loved that game i had a premium membership to that fucking game um but like I cannot believe my parents bought me that. It was a one-time thing, but I still cannot believe they bought me that. Because <laughs> so they funny. didn't, they didn't really like ever buy me game stuff. So I was just like, "Whoa, that's crazy." Um, but I also asked for it like six times. <laughs> of course. Christmas present. Um, it was twenty bucks. Congratulations. Um, but, like, I don't know, like stuff like that is very clearly inspired by like japanese games it's literally in like a shitty like manga style (laughs) especially like literally the original one which was adventure quest i think that one is what i started with and then i played dragon fable later adventure quest is even more (laughs) it's very um (laughs) it's really funny yeah 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 yeah, yeah, it was o- OG, OG very bad manga style. Yeah, OG uh, how to draw manga. Yes, uh, lady, lady curvy man, triangle man and triangle rectangle. Stick. Yeah, yep. Um, oh my god, this is what I was raised on. Um, I used to play these games Culture. for like any time that I could be on the computer and like listen to like shitty emo music while I was doing. It. Uh. The bad, the oh my god times, on a facebook oh, media so player good. that played off of youtube oh hell um, yeah yeah good old days um while while you were playing neopets i was studying the sword or something i was studying the blade and adventure quest oh my fucking god see that we need we need more adventure quests i exactly like i don't know so, so many of those things are so weaved together i just yeah it's just kind of funny to like see people try to like make that distinction still i'm like well yeah it's well, it's funny. It's Japanese RPG. The only thing that really makes it distinct is that it's from, it's Japan. from Japan. Like, like, yeah, that's really the the only thing. Like, I saw people yeah. being like, "Well, if it's like this and it's like this," like people kept seeing turn based, and I'm like, "Well, Final Fantasy hasn't been turn based in a minute, and they're like the OG mm-hmm. JRPG, and they're still a JRPG." So yeah, it's like, really funny yeah. to me because like we have like JRPG is like such a term, right? But like no one will acknowledge the fucking like 
Chinese action adventure games that have been coming out for years now that are like such a genre in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything else like them because they emulate like 10 things. Yep. And now half the time they're like a gotcha mobile game that they mm-hmm. got to make into like a bigger like not triple A, but like double A game or something like that. Yeah. It's just like fascinating to me anytime we get a trailer for one of those because they're very beautiful, but they're also yeah. jank in a fascinating way like, to me. Um, I'm just constantly amazed by them. What's the new one? Honkai Star Rail? Oh, um, uh, that's, the, yeah, honestly, yeah. those two. The yeah. fucking Genshin, all those weeaboo things. crap. Um, yeah. Apparently, though, they had to like change their base of operations or something or oh. that's why they made like Hoyo? yeah that's why they made that or they made Hoyoverse uh, because they were trying to get around because uh, China is working on implementing uh, gotcha and gambling laws which I think oh, they should it's basically yeah. like in terms of like loot boxes and stuff like they're trying to like establish like ground rules with them which i think is good like a lot of the changes they're suggesting are things that should happen with these games because they literally are gambling and i think we've talked about this so many times uh but like i think it's a good thing but in order to get around that they made hoyoverse in a different country so that they could still make like genshin and honkai and all of that and have the gotcha and make billions or whatever the fuck i don't know yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is interesting. But there's also so many. <laughs> yeah, there's also so many offshoots of those now, too. I feel like every time there's like a game thing where it's like, here's showcasing games, I'm like, is this a MiHoYo thing? And it's like, it's nope, like, yes, it's it is. a different one. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, but it's the same. And I'm like, great. <laughs> I hate this genre so much. Um, yeah, it. I really do. It's exhausting. Yeah, it, it's. Hate that genre so much. God. Gaming is in such a weird space too, with the whole monetization thing too, because it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of reached peak bullshit in my opinion. Like it used to be worse. Yeah. Like there are some things I, I will admit, used to be worse, but we're not in a good spot with it. Like uh, fighting game costumes and shit like that. Um, if I'm people still haven't, mad. I, I might have talked about this last time. I don't think I did. Um, I think we did briefly, but not at length. Yeah, and not length, but Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter are pissing me off, specifically Street Fighter. Um, they release new costumes for everybody, but um, you can't buy the costumes individually. You technically have to buy two at a time because they sell the fighter oh. coin passes, the fighter coin like sets in certain amounts. They don't sell enough hey. of an amount for you to purchase one costume mm-hmm. at a time. You need to purchase at that. least two. It sucks. It's dumb. I, I feel like it's kind of shitty because you're making people... Because that's the thing, right? I was just going to go in and buy... Chun Li's, probably Jury's, and probably like uh, Ken or yeah, you know somebody. Like I wasn't that. happy about it, but I would have bought Aki's probably. I really like yeah. her all, yeah. a lot. She doesn't have one yet, to be fair. Um, none of the DLC characters have one. Oh, she doesn't one. have like the secondary one, but oh, she ev- has like an alternative. Every whatever. Oh, I'm sorry, all the all the all the extra characters already have a second outfit, but they will be getting mm-hmm. a third one later through uh, the same okay. system. But they all have a free I'll probably one get that right now. Well, yeah, so. I probably won't just because I'm pissed off. But yeah, so like stuff like that happens. Then you have the whole gambling thing. Then you have games trying to like they do a seasonal pass, right? Where it's like you get the season. We have a season full of content that's only available for a certain amount of time, and you can only get some of the content if you pay us. And I've been playing Fortnite recently, trying to connect more with my uh, brothers-in-law, right? They're like little kids, but they love Fortnite. 
that game is so fucking predatory. I only have skins for that game because I bought other games, right? Like I bought Alan Wake 2 on my PC because mm-hmm. um, recently it was on sale and you get both the games for like 20 something bucks, right? And they give you a Fortnite skin. So now I play as Alan Wake anytime I play Fortnite because it was really free. funny. And otherwise you don't get to like, like skins are not free for this game at all. Like oh, Fortnite, wow. And it's, it's marketed directly towards children. Um, a lot of the skins, some of them are limited time only, and it depends on the property, whether or not they'll come back. Like a lot of people have been freaking out because the Dragon Ball skins came back because nobody thought they would come back for a long time. And like the sell and free, the sell and freeze skins were up for a limited amount of time. Cause you, and people have been wanting those for so much and they cost like 15 bucks. They cost like 10 10 to 15 dollars for like the set that's right? for like, crazy and i did not know this because i have not been playing fortnite so i had started getting into it and now i'm like hello i'm like whoa like that's what people that's are playing it. and like i thought you I, could still unlock stuff that's you can wild. like you can unlock some things but like the branded stuff right like the stuff that's like crossover mm-hmm. stuff all of that you have to purchase None of them are in the the actual battle pass. And when they have been in the battle pass, people don't like that because sometimes you have to get to like level 100 to get the thing mm. instead of like just buying it. So people sometimes prefer to buy it. So that's where they're at, right? Is like there's cool skins in the battle pass, the free one, but I mean in the battle pass, which you have to buy, but right. none of the like crossover skins, like if you want to play a Spider-Man, that's not going to be in there. You have to go to the shop and go buy that. So I did not know this, but and at the same time, I think about it, and I'm like, there are people who only play these free-to-play games. There's people who only play Apex Legends. They only play Fortnite. So to them, it's worth it to pay, like, 10 or 15 bucks every two weeks to get the skin they want. And that is just, as somebody who plays a lot of games, I'm like, I don't get how y'all... People who also play that game and play other games, I'm like, y'all must be going fucking broke. Because, like, I can't be giving Fortnite $60 a month for whatever skins I want on top of buying a game or two a month. Tekken comes out in a couple weeks. I'm not spending no money until Tekken comes out or and Undernight comes out the same week. I'm going to buy both of those games and maybe learn Undernight in like three months. <laughs> like there's so there's so many games coming God, out. God I with bought, you. I bought Grand Blue Versus. I've opened that bitch once. I need to buy that once. so good. So <laughs> yeah, I really want to play Grand Blue still. I just know I'm like not in the frame of mind to learn another fighting game right now. So That's I haven't bought been, it. Dude. I haven't even bought Alpha or anything yet either. Like, I still don't have the pass. You got to get into a mode, and I feel, I understand you're not there right now because, like, no. I feel kind of overwhelmed by fighting games right now because there are, it's we're having a renaissance. We're having a great time. Like, fighting games mm-hmm. are in are like peak fight. Like, if you ever wanted to get into a fighting game right now, it's overwhelming, but it's also the best time. Like, as long mm-hmm. as you pick one or two things and stick to them, I think this is probably one of the best times to get into a game. Really, if you're serious about it, right? But like. As somebody who like likes too many things, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, yeah, I want to get good at Tekken. Tekken's fucking hard, and it's gonna be like learning a whole new fighting game. I oh, love I Street Fighter. Know. I haven't played it in like a month. Uh, yeah, Guilty Gear. I haven't played it in a couple weeks. I only have time for Mortal Kombat because they have single player content that's pretty quick to move through that they mm-hmm. update every like couple of months. That's so, nice. Yeah, I, it's hard, dude. I, I'm I'm totally yeah. understand. I. I just am constantly like, do I want to do this? And then I'm like, no, not really at the moment. And then like, I don't know. I want to play like older games with like the old people who I play with who play games. You know, like I would like yeah. to do like fight Cade stuff and learn some older stuff. But yeah, 
get my ass kicked for a while, you know, just for fun. Yeah, just something stupid, you know. But like, and I really want to play Grand Blue. A lot of people really like it. I unfortunately, it it looks fun. I liked when I got to play the um, beta and like the open beta that they did a while ago. Um, I really liked a lot of the characters that I tried out there. It's very engaging. It's been one that I've always wanted to get into, but I heard the online was jank, so I didn't get into it. And then they were like, we're doing rollback, but also a whole new game. I was like, cool, I will participate in that. But I haven't been able to because I'm too fucking tired. And like, all I do is like, we'll play like a game together, like in the evening and maybe I'll play like some shit like Chrono Arc or like another uh, card RPG deck playing roguelike whatever deck builder that's what yeah. they're called yeah deck um, build- I'm playing a lot of Slay the Spire on my phone I will say that I've played so much of that on my I phone. I love my Steam wrapped every year because it's like you can track my depression by how much uh, Slay the Spire I play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's really funny, and you see like a huge peak in like last March, and I was like, oh, I wonder when I got laid off. That's hilarious. Like, oh, yeah, it's always was really on. funny. The year before uh, was even funnier because it was like I got it and I played it a lot, and then it kind of tapered down, and then like <laughs> it spiked in the middle of the summer, and then it like went down, and then it spiked again in the winter. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, wow, you can literally track my mental breakdown through. <laughs> Just so it's kind of hilarious to get through it man just keep climbing that tower i something to be oh said God. about roguelikes i i i notice that like when i'm really fed up i play those because it is like a it's like that sense of progression over and mm-hmm. over every time You're like fuck yeah it's an endless thing too and when you finally like figure out slay the spire especially because when you finally figure something out you're like oh i'm so smart why didn't i think yeah. of that before yeah. and then like you use it and then you hit a stopping point again, and then you have to figure out something else. Like, I don't know. I would always try to build a certain deck, but then I got forced to have a certain card, and I was like, ah, whatever, I'll use this yeah. card, I guess. I'll use this treasure I don't want, I guess. And then, like, it turned out to be really valuable for that specific, like, character. And I was like, ah! Hell yeah. Oh, I love, I love it's very like trial that. and error, and, like, there's, it's very no pressure. Um. Like I said, I've been playing Chrono Arc, and I don't know that like I recommend that game necessarily. There's a lot more of a story to it, and it's very anime. Um, but the gameplay's fun. Um, it's it's different from a lot of deck builders that I've played uh, because yes, you. To play that one. I like it because like you can't just spam certain because you have like a group, so you can't just use like certain units' cards over and over because. Each time you use one of their moves um, in a like in a turn, it consumes more mana, and oh, so okay. like it that's what kind of keeps you from like because if they didn't, there's this one character you could just bullshit your way through like you wouldn't even need anyone else you could just like blow through it it's really funny actually but um that's hilarious like i understand why they did it that way because some of the characters they have like really op shit but it actually means something because you have you have to really value your mana and each like pass you have to build your mana back up again like it's not like a thing that stays 
permanent because you'll get like three per turn and then you can like upgrade from there basically i don't know it's very interesting in that sense i like it the designs are very silly yeah it's very anime i'm, I'm looking at screenshots um, and it looks it looks it looks yeah. fun yeah <laughs> it's fun i i do recommend it i had a friend in that sense like if you like that kind of thing i had a friend buy it for me which is the only reason i'm playing it um thanks albert he always buys me games he actually bought me katana zero recently and i'm like I play now. Yeah. I watched you play that like years ago, and I was like, I want to play so that good. eventually. It never got its DLC, I don't think. <laughs> but no, very good game. I, lo- I love Katana Zero. Um, if you ever want a 3D version of that, Ghost Runner is basically just 3D I've Katana heard that. Zero. Um, really good game. It's just uh, I do th- I do like Katana Zero a little bit, mm-hmm. but a little bit more. But no, I I don't know. So a lot of good stuff to play. I've been playing a lot of cult of the lamb again i got back into that nice um, i know the I'm, dlc added a lot to it i still yeah. it's hampered by being on the switch i will not touch that shit on the i'm switch so again. sorry i'm literally playing I, at 300 fps on my computer <laughs> i hate that um i wish like we had gotten it on um ps5 or something because we played tunic on ps5 yeah beautiful gorgeous amazing groundbreaking um, and then playing like <laughs> Cult of the Lamb on the Switch was like, <laughs> Ass. at first you're like, it's fine. And, you know, and then you get into the harder levels and like the, like the secret boss stuff. Secret and you're bosses, just like, yeah. I'm going to kill myself. I will never touch this again yeah, because it no. literally just like almost crashes your Switch because there's so much shit going on. Like, don't, don't ever you. play a Toho game on the Switch is what I've learned from this. No, like... no Toho games, <laughs> nothing with a lot of stuff on the screen. Basically nothing but Nintendo exclusives, and even that's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I'm Mario enjoying RPG it a lot. ran pretty well. That's good. That's good. I, I'm Except one move. One. <laughs> one move, not so much. But most of it. Most, most of it ran good. really good. That's, that's good. I... I'm liking Cult of the Lamb. It's fun. I like how tongue-in-cheek it is. Um, a lot of the mm-hmm. sacrifice stuff and all the ways you can build your cult are really fun. Yeah. A lot of it takes a lot of... Like, it's inspiration from real cults and stuff like that, right? But mm-hmm. um, it is very, like, goofy. Like, it's never... I don't think... I don't think a lot of it's, like, mean-spirited either. Like, of course, like, mm-hmm. the subject matter, it can obviously get that way. But... It's, it's silly enough and cartoonish enough to, like, not be offensive to yeah. me. Personally, I'm. You can literally other people have, might like, feel differently. You can but. have multiple wives. You can sacrifice people. You can tell yeah. your followers to eat shit and it'll heal them. Like there's, or you can you can there's drug everybody so with mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's it's very good, and I like it that it's it's it is a roguelike, but it's not really mm-hmm. a rogue. It's like a roguelite with like more of a city building kind of like aspect to it. Like I feel yeah. like that is a much meatier part of the game than I expected going into it, which is good. Mm-hmm. I do like that part of it a lot it's good breaks between like your roguelike runs because sometimes those runs are really brutal and you get back and you're just like uh and they're like you've been gone for days and we are going crazy and also there's five traitors here everywhere yeah someone died (laughs) i love just sacrificing traitors i'm like oh he doesn't like us anymore okay good just just get rid of no literally every time (laughs) i was just like that's crazy bro you are uh gone No, I need goodwill right now. It's, <laughs> You're it's gone. A, it's a fun game. If you if you find it on sale on like PS5 or yeah. PC, PC is really fun. I enjoyed the animation is really good when it's like smooth. Like when it's like I, I, yes, I, 
play it like 144 fps i think mm-hmm. my monitor is when it's great so, it's great <laughs> yeah it looks it's really it's a fun art style too because it's not like it's like cutesy but it's got a lot of like like kind of like i would say like uh i don't know as far as like the art style it's like kind of like trippy if that makes sense it's very mm-hmm. like on the border of reality and like not reality. Some of it goes between like 3d and 2d, which is really interesting. And it's, uh, it's a bullet hell. So that can really like fuck with it sometimes. Honestly, like like the switch stuff aside. Yeah. Their marketing team is really annoying to me. And that's also part of the reason I was like, I don't know if I want to pick this up again because they're fucking annoying. No, um, they're really annoying. If any they of their marketing team listens to our podcast, you're please stop. <laughs> yeah, I like the it's game. Really but annoying. They, they started getting that's not the that's not the reason I bought the game, right? I I I pre-ordered this game or put it on my wish list rather mm-hmm. when I saw the first trailer because I was like, this looks yeah. interesting. It looks fun. Yeah, because this looks fun. Yeah, I d- was not. It was later on viral stuff. Yeah, they, they no. tried to do. I um. I it's do very it. it's Tumblr not... 2012 humor. Yes, very, very hello, hello yeah. fellow kids. It's it was very annoying. I yeah, I do. I recommend the game. Just don't check their Twitter. I I've been playing yeah, mostly that's, that. That's my only recommendation. Don't, don't get it on Switch. It. Don't check their Twitter. <laughs> nope. Just don't. Just don't do it. Um, just don't do I, it. Which is funny. I like a lot of Devolver published games. They, they oh yeah, me too. A lot of that stuff. It's just that specific team. It's like all right, bro. Y'all got to calm down. Um, yeah and like a lot of devolver stuff is very tongue-in-cheek like donut county is also kind of the same (laughs) and some of the humor is the same i love donut county it's a fun little game if you haven't played it yes takes like three hours to finish it's nothing um it's pretty pretty short pretty short and sweet but um yeah i just i like everything about cult of the lamb except for like when the team is like i'm gonna be funny on twitter and i'm just like cool um i like this game 15 percent less at the moment um cal will not forget that etc etc um (laughs) fucking telltale game yeah i know exactly (laughs) um speaking of which this isn't really exactly i am excited about that wolverine game uh that's gonna be coming out sooner or later i'm very excited for that so that yeah the leaks that happened um yeah for people who don't know the the so we knew that insomniac was working on a wolverine game but long mm-hmm. story short uh, a terabyte of information got leaked um somebody actually Oopsie. hacked into their system and took a terabyte worth of info um but yeah so it's not finished yet i i saw no. some of the leaked footage but it's not finished yet but oh, i just saw the trailer they, bit for it yeah they put the they put another trailer out too to cover yeah. from it but yeah, no, I'm excited for it because mm-hmm. I think that they can do it. I think that they can pull it mm-hmm. off really well. I know that they'll make it distinct enough from the Spider-Man games too to not like make it the same thing, right? Like yeah. it's not gonna be like just. I don't think they'll just do like a copy paste thing. I think they can. I make hope something not. Faithful enough to, because he's not the same. Right? He doesn't traverse the same. Mm-hmm. He's a lot more on the ground. He's a lot more violent. He doesn't yeah, really worry very... about <laughs> incapacitating people. I hope, like, they can, because, like, I feel like with Spider-Man, they definitely, like, leaned more into, like, the comic aspect and personality of it, which I liked a lot. And so I hope, like, with this, they lean into the comic, because I'm sick of Hugh Jackman, and I don't want to see him anymore. And I would love for Wolverine to not be Hugh Jackman again. That would be great. I hope so. I hope they don't, because they keep, they brought him, sadly, they're bringing him back as Wolverine for the new Deadpool movie next year, which is, this year, fuck. Which is annoying. Um, 
but I, I, I agree. I, I don't even like Deadpool. I, love, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I love Wolverine uh, as a as a comic book character. His comics, mm-hmm. his role in the X Men has always been very interesting. His character development, old man mm-hmm. Logan, all that stuff. So I'd much prefer if they went for the mm-hmm. comics because to me, the only the best Wolverine movie, honestly, in retrospect, like the only one worth watching nowadays is Logan, right? Because Logan Logan was a solid movie and. Mm-hmm. That one leaned on a specific comic book <laughs> storyline, mm-hmm. leaned on old man Logan and the death of Wolverine, right? Like, so yeah. I'm hoping they go for something not like twice, not literally like that storyline. That's like the end of one of his arcs. But like, mm-hmm. I hope that they go more so for, you know, his beef with Saber, Sabretooth and that would be great. You know, everything leading to up to that. that. I, I would love like a or more of an origin story for him. Yeah. Rather than all I... the like X-Men focused stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I want, and I'm not going to get it. Um, I already know that. I want an actual <laughs> X-23 plotline uh, oh, where she's so not nice. a kid, where she's like actually a teenager, like she is in the comics, and like is growing up and dealing with shit. And I want Jubilee in it, and I want X-23, and I want it right now, and I'm not going to get it. Um, but... I that's the that's actually why I didn't watch Logan because I was like annoyed about that. Um yeah, but I like understand. Yeah. And like I'm sure it's a good movie. I just was like I like X twenty three too much to watch this at the moment. Yeah. Um yeah, and maybe I'll get to it someday. But yeah. Yeah, because like I that was one of the first like comic runs I like read like through pretty much um other than like uh kate kane batwoman stuff uh which is very good and you should read it uh i figure which one it is specifically art's gorgeous so um don't think about the tv show ever with it it was really bad it's not there um but like x23 was so well done and like was really interesting and built her as an interesting character and i just want her to have that again because like they kind of had her in the x-men movies but not really it was someone else and they like fused their personalities together and it was weird i I didn't like it Uh... didn't like it i was so mad when i realized i was like because i saw the x-men movies like when i was a kid and then when i read x23 i was like was she in those and then i was like no but yes but no it was it was weird um but yeah i want an x23 storyline and i would like them to give it to me i'm not holding yes. my breath but that is hey, on my wish listen, list i um, th- there's one thing about the current like mcu stuff that i'm enjoying i think more than like more than the mcu is because they're not making as much money anymore right um, they're having to start dig deep. They're having to start dig uh, to dig deeper yeah. in the bag of Marvel <laughs> shit because they blew their load too early and got all the big shit out of the way. So now we're getting like you know we gotta go back to Namor and shit. So <laughs> um, and Black Widow got a movie like a couple years ago. Like we're really just pulling out whatever. So fingers crossed. Yeah. There's some X23 shit. I'm 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 shocked that Midnight Suns game happened. Still one of my favorite games from the last couple of years. I need to finish um, it. I really need to play more of it. Zach just yeah. got it actually because it was on sale. Um, yeah. And I was yeah. like, good. It's very fun, and I enjoy it's it. It's and fun. It's I feel like, game. I feel like when I like something like that, it says a lot because I'm not one for like overly quippy games or like cheeky in that sense. Like I don't really enjoy that. Yeah. I feel like there's a good balance with it. 
And I I don't give a shit about some of the story, but I do really like the gameplay a lot, and I like yeah, a lot of the gameplay's... side stuff gameplay is very solid like yeah, I'm, uh, I'm shocked they made like and that's what i mean totally totally right like that type of game mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. shocked they made that with like iron man in it and captain america yeah. right like I, I was like shocked that they did that and they're like, so, like the comic versions of them which was so yes. cool i was like yes. thank you i did not want to see fucking robert downey jr for the 500th time and, and it's and like actually Tony and all that stuff, but he's yeah. Tony. Yeah, he's Tony yeah. from the comics. Like he's a nerd, like mostly. Who's just like everybody kind of hates him too, which is funny. Like they and they don't. Yeah, like, it's hide hilarious. It They're kind of like I love it. Um, I love when Blade yeah. walks in and is like "fuck you, Tony." Basically, and it's yes. hilarious. I love. I forgot that. we're getting a Blade game too. Um, yeah. Yes, Blade is also getting a game, which I it's made by the same people who made a. The Dishonored games, uh, Deathloop, oh. that type of stuff. So oh, I'm yeah, excited I knew it was Deathloop. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm mixed on Deathloop mostly because of plot reasons, but the gameplay mm-hmm. was great. So I thought, um, I, I'm excited. I like, I like a lot of the things Arcane makes. They make a lot of good games. Mm-hmm. I'm, I really like the Dishonored series, um, as a whole. So I'm excited for that because of the gameplay. I know that they said it's not, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be first person either, which. Is most of their games oh, are thank, in first person. Thank so, God. I yeah. so you can play it. can't yeah, play can Dishonored play it. Um, <laughs> because it makes me violently ill. And it, I'm so sad about it. Yeah. I'm so sad. I tried like again, like a couple years ago, immediately had to like lay down for like an hour because I was no, like, yeah. I'm going to puke my guts out if I keep watching this. I Oh, there's so many first person games for, that do that to me and it's maddening and i hate it and i'm just like i would i would like my brain to be normal i'm like this close to getting like the goggles or whatever that help with like motion sickness to yes. see if i can play if like gotta, fucking games because some some of these games oh it's my like, god especially with like, like the higher frame rates and shit too yeah it's, it's yeah just, uh it's a lot i'm surprised you can do the web swinging in spider-man sometimes but yeah i <laughs> yeah me too uh there's some times where i'm like ooh. <laughs> Diving but i'm usually okay <laughs> it's usually like when it's first person that it really bothers me like if it's if it was spider-man web oh swinging in first person i would be like vomit incapacitated like it would not be a good time like you do a mission <laughs> like, like all right somebody else swing you, you do this i'm gonna close yeah. my eyes real quick it's like portal on steroids jesus christ oh portal god. Oh, god. i love i love i love portal but god does that game make me sick i have to take like four ginger pills before i play it so i can play for like half an hour drama mean literally no i'm just like god can i play this game please no i can't nope apparently not nope. <laughs> well, oh, can't gosh. have that nerd culture or whatever i'll watch the cutscenes. so um but yeah i just I wish I could play more games like that because Dishonored is like right up my alley, especially like Dishonored 2 and stuff. I'm like, I would like oh, yeah. to see, I would like to play these games. And it's like, no. And I'm like, okay. I, I hope that's at some fine. point, somebody needs to make a third person mod so my man can play this game because it's, it's Please. they're good. They're really, I, I really enjoyed the first Dishonored. The second one I did, I played it a while. I need to play it again. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. But the second one's also very good. Um, mostly the gameplay. It's kind of like, um, I don't know. I just like you can kind of do whatever you want. You can go through and just shoot everybody, but there's also like ways you can like kidnap people or like, you know, if you mm-hmm. don't want to assassinate a target, you can give them a fate worse if they've done something crazy or something like that. Like it's it's cool. It's it's a fun game. I I'm glad because now that I've like 
beating all the blockbusters I was trying to beat last year. Now I'm like, okay, Good. I can go back to my Yakuza's and, and Ghost <laughs> all that Trick. other, all the, yes, and play Ghost Trick <laughs> and um, wait for that next Yakuza game to come out and me to play it three years from now because Yakuza 8 comes out in, a few, in like a week or two. So, oh, Jesus. I didn't realize yeah. it was so soon. Yeah, I... Same day will... as Undernight and Tekken, by the way. They all three come out the same day. Oh, my God. Why'd they do that? Yep. They, they even asked... Disgusting. Because uh, Tekken announced first, then Undernight did, and then Yakuza did. And it was funny because somebody asked ha- uh, Harada, um, the guy who makes Tekken, like the head guy over Tekken. Mm-hmm. They're like, why did you choose the same date as Yakuza? And he's like, do you think I picked that? Like, he, he's so funny because he, he doesn't hold back on Twitter and stuff. He's just literally like, do you think I picked the date? Like, I didn't know. He's like, and also it's two different markets. So if you don't pick my game up, that means you obviously like Yakuza more. Like, I don't, I can't tell you what to That's do. That's like he's, he's like, yeah. I didn't, he's I didn't like, know. He's like, I'm not the boss of you. <laughs> That's so funny. God, seeing his Twitter posts are always funny to me. I like um, seeing stuff from him and Noob just like interacting with people yeah. on Twitter a lot of the time. It's one of the few times I will ever say that. Um, but I... <laughs> I don't know. I like seeing them talk about the game and it's obvious that they both care a lot about their game. And I wish Harada would uh, say whether it's real rollback or not, but we'll find out. I guess when we get to it. He's like, it's rollback. I am waiting for it to be a good place, like the good place skit where it's like, are you giving me another cactus or whatever? She's like, it's not a cactus. And he's like, you're giving me... And, and then he like holds it out and it's the rollback or whatever. That's I, what I'm I waiting he, for. I hope he well and for what people have said from the betas, I haven't been able to play the beta sadly. I've I've only played the demo. If you by mm-hmm. the way, if you listen to this and you want to try Tekken 8 out, the demo's out. It's not online or anything, it's just like you can try the game out. But um the betas, people did say the connections were good. They were decent. Okay. So I'm like, okay, it's probably rollback. Probably. Especially because, you know, like Namco Bandai is over both of these games and like, you know, Dragon Ball Fighters got its rollback beta while we were gone too. So mm-hmm. that game got rolled back. I'm like, okay, if that fucking game can get rolled back, Tekken 8 needs to have rollback, goddammit. Like, like, even if you have to retrofit it now, you can delay the game for three months if you have to. Especially because I got other games to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so, two games coming out the same day. You were so bold for playing Uni because like, I... I it looks so people cool. I know... The people I know who talk about uni are like fucking insane, like lab monsters, and I'm just like, I can never play this game now. Y'all no. are insane. That's I will how I feel about die um, if I play this game. That's how I feel about Melty now. I mean, like Melty feels like that. Yeah. And, no, but Undernight, I'm very interested. I've never played it before. It's, this is a new entry. I thought about buying the old one, and I was like, no, I'll just wait for the new one to come out. We'll see mm-hmm. if if I like it, I'll I'll definitely come on here and say it. But like I said, there's 1,500 fighting games to play. So now at this point, I'm like, listen, I'll support you. I will take but I will not combat. Play any. I I'm I'm trying to go to Texas Showdown soon, so I'm like, listen, I need to settle down on the games I'm actually gonna take seriously. So I'm like, mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. We'll see about Grand Blue. Mortal Kombat right now and Strive. I'm like, I like those two games. Probably maybe throw some Street Fighter in there. Maybe even tag Strive out for Street Fighter, <laughs> but. I, I'm not I even going to pretend I'll I'm play gonna... Street Fighter competitively. I'm just like, yeah, y'all rock that. <laughs> Yo, I, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. Well, but... maybe now that like there's a character that fits my style more, maybe I would get better at it. But I don't know. I yeah. It frustrates me in a very unique way, and I don't really know why. It's just Street that was, Fighter moment, that was, I guess. That's... 
that was me until street fighter 6 if we're being honest that's me every yeah i'm like street fighter pisses me off and it's like why and i'm yeah. like i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> just does it's like i like playing it with like you and specific people but the second i step outside of that i'm just like this game pisses me the fuck and off blows. and i don't want to i don't want to play it and like i don't know man i i'm mad about the costume thing so I'm not gonna lie. Also, they didn't give us color palettes. I'm still really annoyed about that. I thought that was fucking bullshit. All the, all the color palettes are unlocked through fighter coins, like or like God. the meager fighter coins you can buy. I think I only bought one color for somebody that wasn't a part of a costume set. So God. yeah, I, I do think it's it's silly. I don't know. Customization in these games is so dumb because they only do it like that because they want to monetize it. When really you should just mm-hmm. give us what. Melty Blood, and I think Uni has yes, this too. I was just is, gonna yes, say, just edit the, let me edit the color on the fuck. Do I think, whatever uh, the fuck you want. Uh, Bloodstain, not a fighting game. A Bloodstain does this too. Like you can just edit the colors on your person. You don't have to fucking like go through a whole rigmarole. It's wonderful. So you can just do whatever the hell you want. You can have preset palettes. You can have something else entirely. I think my Melty color palettes are ones that I made specifically. Yeah, like it's fun. I like, wish let, more let the people person would do, do that. It. I, I know it's easier to do it with sprites too, right? But like, I, I'm sure yeah. it would be easy enough to do it with Street Fighter stuff. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for this year in terms of just getting stuff done. This 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 podcast. I love this podcast. I'm glad we're still doing it. I'm glad we took a break too because I don't think either one of us would have enjoyed it at the end of last no, year. No, we were um, yeah. so burnt out from everything else that I was like, I don't want to hate my podcast that like I really enjoy doing yes. with my best friend. Because <laughs> yes. like there was one week where we were going to record and I was like, I'm going to be real with you, dude. Like I cannot do this. Yeah. <laughs> like and- I don't have my notes. I don't care. <laughs> I can't do this. Like, You're like this is not the time, which is totally no. acceptable, right? Like, we never want to do this shit when we don't feel uh, good. So we're, yeah, we're still, we're still going. I'm excited for this podcast, like for fighting game stuff. Um, I have, I think since this, well, I've done it since the shows we've been recording the show, but I have gone back to another podcast I used to be on, um, Super Chevy Bros, with that I do with my brother, and now her mom. My mom joined the podcast while I was gone, so now she's there. Oh my god, um, I love that re- for she you. She does movie reviews, um, but. Yeah, Super Chevy Bros. I love that. I'll watch your mom's sections. (laughs) Please do. It's usually at the beginning, too. So go ahead and do that. Um, Okay, I'm going to go retroactively watch your mom's. (laughs) Go ahead. I... If you watched in the past, um, me and Shira used to argue a lot. We've gotten a lot better at not doing that, um, but we still have discussions. So it's a lot better now. Um, I'm officially back. That's a weekly podcast. So if you want to listen to that, go ahead and give it a listen. It's Super Chevy Bros. Should be one of the first things that comes up. Um, we talk all video games on there, um, mm-hmm. and you probably actually won't hear me repeat many of the things I say on here, surprisingly, um, because we kind of talk yeah. about more like niche stuff on here than we do on Super Chevy Bros. So, yeah, it's um, that's been fun. Because I don't so. play what Shavar plays a lot of the times. So. Yeah, well, it's very that's different. The funny thing. Shavar, Shavar doesn't play games as often as either one of like even me and you. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets to him when he can. Right, like he's really into MK yeah. right now. And I think he's about okay. to finish up Miles Morales because he's trying to play Spider Man too. So like, Good. you know, he's he's doing his own thing right now. So I feel yeah, that. I mean, that was that. me earlier this year. I was like, I need to play Miles so I can play Spider Man too. Yeah, that's all I need. And you did it, which I, I did in it. my opinion is worth it because both of those games are solid. So, um, but yeah, no, um, it's very excited to get back to the podcast. Very excited to keep reading Berserk. I 
started reading it from where I am again. Um, very much liking it. So very glad to keep going back to to it with you guys. Um, so this episode has been good. Um, oh wait, right before we go off, I just remembered. Um, Dungeon Meshi uh, has a anime now yes, on Netflix. It does. Um, you should watch it. Yeah, no, everyone, I, not just I, you. I think I will. I think you know. I do want to read the manga. I think I might watch an episode of the of the of the anime because I I do want to like try. They're that both out. distinct enough that I oh, think okay. you could enjoy both because the only thing Good. is like in the manga she can talk about like the stat boosts and stuff with food like all she wants, but that wouldn't like translate well into like a manga like animated thing so like it doesn't quite show it doesn't quite carry the same like we made this food uh that's giving us these things that we need for this battle or whatever um yeah. so it's a little less D E in the actual um show from what i've seen from the first episode beautiful animation really fun jokes still um they kind of hit different than in the manga slash pointed that out but i like how like zippy it is in the show that's good so that's cool um, i'm glad they're gonna make it yeah. something different um i i thought it was yeah. cool i'm i'm gonna check out the dub for like five seconds because um because someone Cho is playing yeah, yeah. I, love <laughs> I love someone Cho. I, I i love him uh, he's he's a great voice i actor. thought he's about doing that funny. too so um but no he's his mom watched the show <laughs> Yes, I saw him say his mom watched the show, yeah. and she's like, "You sound like you know what you're talking about when it comes to cooking." I, and for people who don't know, he was also um, Ratatasker in God of War Ragnarok as well. So, yes, yeah, he's, he was. He he's was been also... doing a lot of cool roles, which is. Hmm? He was also in Ranking of Kings. I'm pretty sure he was in Ranking of Kings um, as well. I think he was also in Yakuza, a man with. Uh, the man who yeah. released his name, I think, I believe. So he's had well. a lot of roles recently, which good for him. He's a very talented yeah. voice actor, deserves it. No, yeah, he can definitely. He does. He doesn't do the same voice every time, too, which is really cool. No. He's he's a solid voice actor. But yeah, that's that was like one of the, the main reasons I was like, I'll yeah. turn the dub on for a little bit just to just to see, hear how he sounds. But um, no, I did want to say that because I know you love that manga and yes. anime, so I'm gonna try to check those out before we get on next time at least the anime because yes. it's easier for me to just throw that on the tv so it's short too it's a good intro to it um it's not going too quickly which is nice i say that because i've also been watching the apothecary apothecary diaries anime which i was kind of excited for because i sort of like the manga mm-hmm. um it is so disappointing like they the pacing in it is so bad like you get through like a volume in an episode it's kind of nuts <laughs> oh, i'm not i like wish i was joking oh my but god it's like, boom that's and apparently that's like well they were it was a light novel originally and apparently the first season was like the first light novel volume which makes sense but like written and manga and anime are all very different mediums and so i don't know that it translated well to that um it just felt very rushed and it felt like we didn't get to know um the things that i wanted to get to know Mm. better and also the animation quality goes downhill so bad like they ran out of budget like because there's another 12 episodes coming but it's kind of like a two-parter season sort of thing where like they do the first 12 and then immediately do the next 12 um but like the last two episodes were mainly like clip shows of stuff that happened in the anime before oh 
Oh, man, I haven't seen that since the 2010s, I think. It was rough, dude. And then there was, Uh, like, still image animation uh, things happening. And I was like, man, y'all had no budget. (laughs) The budget Spent it all on the the fucking opening. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was really hopeful about this, too, because I think it's a fun show, Joe. I like... um, I like a lot about it. I don't like a lot about it too, but I do like a lot about it. Um, which is how I usually show show. But um yeah. But I just feel like it sucks and I feel like I'm in a different dimension because like everyone's like, This was so great and I even love this part and I'm like, Where did you watch it's it? Weird. Because <laughs> weird because <laughs> I would love to watch it there. Jesus Christ. Um yeah, if you read Apothecary Diaries, I recommend the manga. Uh, don't recommend the anime. Perfect. So do that it. was actually a fun way to end that. So one with a good yeah. anime and manga, and one with a please avoid the anime, only read the manga. Sounds good. Yeah, and probably avoid the manga too. It's not. It's not amazing. <laughs> if it's your few taste. All right. Well. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Um, this is episode forty-six. We are still posting updates on that broken ass site, uh, Twitter or X, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, and we're also still on Instagram. TikTok, we slowed down only because there's no clips. Now that we are having episodes come out, expect more clips um, on the TikTok page. So you'll probably see us pop up on your For You page or your following page more often if you follow us on there. Um, another Berserk Pod, I'm pretty sure, is probably that TikTok. Something like that. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you no, know, it's right in front of my face. Um, no, it's not right in front of my face. It's in the description. No, uh, our Twitter. I haven't added the TikTok one yet. <laughs> I haven't either. Um, let's underscore unpack. Uh, yeah, let's underscore unpack underscore it is our Twitter. So check us out there for updates. Our Insta is definitely unpack, unpack that pod. Check that for reels to our TikTok stuff. will also get posted there as well. I totally um, update our Tumblr every day. <laughs> yeah, we're. We, we might get to it. Uh, yeah, we'll we are, get to it. We're unpacking it at gmail.com. Feel free to email us, uh, email us there with any questions you have. Um, or if you have any questions, comment them. Whatever you guys want to do. Um, if it's something you want us to talk about on the podcast. But, um, yeah, very glad to be back for this year. Very glad to be back into Berserk. And finally getting into the stuff that we want to talk about with this comic. Thank you. Um, <laughs> two years but, into our podcast. <laughs> Two Finally. years in and 46 episodes, probably like 50-something episodes. Um, yeah, we're doing with all it. things. We're doing it, man. Um, we got this. Yeah, so as we say bye, I'm going to show off this thing Kyle got me. Um, oh. It's 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 Sakura and Chun-Li. They're, they're so Hang cute. On. They're so cute and blurry. Um, and and then, he has something um, funny about his, too. Um, <laughs> and then um, my, my wife also got me them. I just knocked my mic. My wife also got me them and also got me the KOF ones as well. Um, oh, that's so cute. Yeah. I almost got you these two, which would have been exceptionally been hilarious. Really um, but like I told them and they were like, oh, that's cool. Because like we both like this like yeah. brand. Um, and it's very like mid 2000s, like uh j fashion nope. kind yeah. of toy um it's cute. i really really dig it i really really like i'm glad it. you yeah. like it a lot i love the packaging for it too it's really fun um i wanted to get you a chun li thing but like everything in my budget was like really ugly so i didn't want to get no, you any of it no i was like i don't yeah, like that I, um as long as it's yeah. chun li chun li is probably one of my favorite street fighter characters yeah obviously so that that was an awesome present so i appreciate that <laughs> 
Yeah, it just cracked me up when I opened it. I was like, did she give me the fucking pinky street figures? <laughs> she was like, yeah. I was You're like, like that, how did you not laugh when I showed you that? He's like, yeah, they, they got a real good poker face. Shout out to, they shout really out to do. <laughs> they're just like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, cool. All right. Um, but yeah, they're fun. If you like weird J fashion stuff, Pinky Street's a cool little brand. You should check them out. They have a lot of like anime crossovers, um, mostly from like early 2000s, mid 2000s. It was very strange. There's like Gunslinger Girl Pinky Street figure. It's very, <laughs> very interesting what they chose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's anyways. Ending it on that note. Yes, yes. Sorry for the sharing brain ending, with my wife. I, I, I did want to get that out there because I thought it was cute. So I, we appreciate you guys all listening. Uh, shout out to y'all for yeah. Shout out to y'all for listening to episode forty six. We will be back soon with another episode and some uh, bunny trails from this episode that we just recorded. So oh, thanks, guys. There are thanks a lot. Listening. Yes, <laughs> plenty of bunny trails. It will be fun to see what I cut out of this yeah. one. What I add to the extra. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Game, Game over! over.